Welcome to the Arms Race. This is the podcast where we attempt to determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie one at a time. I'm Kevin Keane. And I'm Mike Olson, and today we'll be discussing Judge Dredd, released by Buena Vista Pictures on June 30th, 1995. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Armand Asante, Diane Lane, Rob Schneider, Joan Chen, Jurgen Prochnow, and Max von Sydow. Screenplay by William Wisher and Stephen E. D'Souza. Story by Michael DeLuca and William Wisher. Based on Judge Dredd by John Wagner and Carlos Escara, directed by Danny Cannon. The the uh, writing pedigree in this movie: William Wisher, co-writer of Terminator Two, and Stephen E. D'Souza, co-writer of many movies we've covered, including Commando and uh, The Running Man. Uh, I believe Total Recall, maybe not Total Recall, but I mean Die Hard. The, the writing writing pedigree is so off the charts that you can't ask for two better action movie writers. And, no, uh, but 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 yeah. yeah, it's just trash. It's not as bad as I remember it being, or that I I don't think it's as bad as his reputation. It is pretty bad, but I I was able to turn off my brain and enjoy parts of it. I think I think it really peters out. I mean, it has a lot of problems. Um, one particular cast member uh, is really dragging this movie down. I think uh, it. The the plot just kind of peters out. Who would and it, that be? I, I wonder. I wonder if uh, he has a lot of experience sitting next to copy machines in his career. <laughs> um, but uh, it has tonal problems like crazy. But I, there, you know, for the first half of this movie, I'm going like, this is all right. But then by the end, I'm going, no, nah, it's actually not all right. But um, there's a there's a section of this movie I think is very watchable. Uh, that that I'll probably give you, but that's I, not necessarily high praise. There's a there's a section I, of this movie that is watchable. <laughs> But, you know. yeah, let's hold on. Let's dissect that. <laughs> a is, section. You didn't even say how long. Not like an act, right? right. No, a I, section about twenty. That's watchable. Watchable. It's about twenty minutes of this movie. Where I kind of go like, okay, I'm enjoying. I, I'm. I'm well you enjoying were, is. Yeah, enjoying. I, I stopped myself. I wasn't enjoying it, but I was. I was tolerating it. You hit on tonal problems. I, there's casting problems. Yes. There. It just. Not a lot of this movie makes sense. Uh, it's and, not casting problems. It's a casting problem, singular. I think most of this cast is great. <sighs> well, I mean, you could argue about Stallone, that, whether, whether or not he's a yeah, good fit I, for the, I, for the I role. I don't think he's a good fit for the role. And yes, there was the, the, the two biggest problems. It's like having two spaghetti meals in one meat week. Stallone is not the right choice for... And I don't know. I don't know the... The source material that well. No, me neither. But having seen the 2012 or 2013, whatever it is, Dread, I'm going to guess that was closer to the source material. I don't understand the casting. I don't think that the story is all that great. No. And the the, the tone and the the tone and the pacing really are terrible too. Well, that's the thing is not being familiar with the source material. I'm not sure how you know whether the source material is satirical or not, or whether whether it's one of these things where. You know, the intent is getting lost somewhere along the way. It feels like, you know, especially with Stephen E. D'Souza being a co-writer on this, where many of his screenplays are very kind of intentionally campy and kind of silly and with, with a layer of kind of irony on everything. I mean, he, he wrote and directed the Street Fighter movie. So, I mean, yes, I, it doesn't get sillier than that. I mean, it's, and he, he always kind of shoots for that. And you can feel... You can feel the screenplay. There, there are like little bits and pieces of that kind of a tone left over, and oh, then it feels like sure. somebody just went, "Nope, we want this to be much more serious." I mean, serious in quotes, but that's and I think that's the problem is that it, it is. You found, or you know, one of your key writers writes in that style, 
And if the source material is anything close to 2012 or 13's Dread, they took the pen to it and said, no, it needs to be this. And it was the worst of both because yeah. you got none of it. Because it, it it like... some of that opening stuff felt a little bit like, and I know it was eight, nine years later by 95, but, you know, the Block Wars felt a little bit like RoboCop. And look, Robo, yes. RoboCop has a little bit of that, you know, campiness to it. And I think it does a far better job of balancing kind of the, you know, the dark and more serious stuff with the, the campy. Yeah. That's what it kind of feels like this was going for, but it, it did not execute it very well. And I, I, I think some of that goes back to the two casting mistakes. Yeah. I can see a version of this. I mean, I think... It, a lot of this is uh, probably just uh, the director not understanding the kind of movie he was making. I mean, if, if you if you get Paul Verhoeven in this period of his career to direct this movie, I think he would have knocked it out of the park, and he would have. I think he would have found a way to make Stallone work in this character. I think it's just that the filmmaker, everyone's in a different movie. It, there was, it feels like there was nobody guiding the ship. Every you know. Armand DeSante is in a totally different movie from everybody else. I want to watch that movie, by the way. I do, too. That's, that's what I mean. <laughs> that, that's the movie I'm interested in. That's what I mean. He is very watchable. <laughs> he is giving it his all. No doubt about he it. He is like a T-Rex chewing up the scenery. He looks like he's going to give himself a hernia at any, any moment. <laughs> he he's does. acting so hard. Um, you know, But he's in a totally different movie from Stallone, who's in a totally different movie from Roger Schneider, who's in a totally different movie from Max von Sydow. Everybody is in their own, like, has their own, like, nobody's told them, here's what the movie is, here's what we need you to do. Everyone's like, I guess it's this, I'll do this, I guess. And everyone was, was guessing wrong, you know. So um, everybody except Armand Asante. I think he's probably the one who's like, I get what this movie is. It's ridiculous. I'm going to be ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel it just feels like if this movie had leaned into that satire like RoboCop. Yeah. Or even, even I think, the closer, the better comparison would be Starship Troopers, yeah. where, you know, the way Judge Dredd is portrayed as this basically unironically heroic character with no with nothing to undercut it, and given the subject matter and given, uh, I mean, it's funny because I was kind of nervous talking about this movie in 2020 with everything that's happened in 2020, but this movie has no point of view about anything, so it's not as oh, if it's just going to be an issue because uh, it's, it's totally mindless. It's it's take it, it occasionally has glancing blows off of like oh let's have a discussion about the police and their role in society and but it's only like lip service and again it feels like one of those things Big that's time. left over from another screenplay that actually yeah. dealt with it in a more satirical way but like yeah Star Trek Troopers that's a movie that is presenting those heroes we, we are we're here we're gonna win this war we're all heroes but then they cut cut to those like those uh, um, little interstitials of the the like would you like to know more and the kind of newsreel stuff and that. Just having those in the movie makes it clear, oh, this is satirical, this this whole yeah. thing, this whole thing is a piece of propaganda in this world of Starship Troopers, and so now, you know, it gives you a clue of how you're supposed to read it. Yeah. And I feel like all, all this movie needed was just some little bits and pieces to be like, this is satirical, you're not supposed to really like Judge Dredd, he's, he's you know, I mean... He's judge, jury, and executioner, and this movie does not have any qualms about that, it's just like, yeah, this is the way it should be. Uh, I think it needs more than that, but I, I will Maybe. admit that it, it would help. It would help a lot if it had something grounding of, oh, this is what it's supposed to be for the audience. That would help. I still think it would be problematic, but not nearly as problematic. And I, I suspect, and we've talked about this a lot, especially the last uh, you know couple movies, but um, Stallone not wanting to be unlikable. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if this the, you know, there were versions of the screenplay where Judge Dredd was... Slightly more ambiguous than the way that he handled the uh, criminals, you know, in this Probably. And very, I, uh, um, you know, matter of fact, 
again, judge, jury, and execution. I mean, what is he's, he's police, jury, and executioner. He's not even just judge, jury, and executioner. He's police, jury, and executioner, he says. That's even beyond judge, jury, and executioner. So, you know, um, I wonder if Stallone's need to be likable and to be the hero totally... It's probably seeped its way in, yeah. But undercut the entire point of the movie, right? Because an actor who is more willing to play that ambiguity and maybe be a figure where you're not sure if you're supposed to be rooting for him or not. Like RoboCop. I mean, you know, I mean, I think yeah. he's, he's ultimately a hero, but he becomes a hero when he rediscovers his identity as Murphy, right? It's the human. Until, yeah, until that, his human element, until that, he's until just that, he's, yeah, a he, product from OCP. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I... I it's so close to being interesting. Man, you like this a lot more than me. Well, I see the potential in it. I see... There are so many other movies similar to this that I like a lot. Even like Demolition Man, where... I mean, that's a movie that understood its tone perfectly. It Every did, but- actor's in the same movie, you know, as opposed to this movie where everyone's in a different movie. All you needed was that. Someone to gather everyone and say, no, 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 don't do that. We're not making that movie. You know what I mean? Like, it just well, needed... Well, Stallone a- should have known. He should have said... I didn't make it that long ago. Three years ago was Demolition Man. Sure. What was the... Uh, I forget the director's name of Demolition Man. Maybe he could have done this. I don't and, remember. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I do think it'd be interesting. Paul Verhoeven would have been an interesting choice and I think would have been able to fix a yeah. number of problems. I, I think so, too. So All right. You ready to get into this? Sure. We, we don't have a soundboard this episode, so I'm either going to lay in the sound. You're going to lay it in. After the fact. I was, I was going to do... I thought maybe I just do them myself. Oh, let's hear Let's hear the first one. What You're day ready? is it? What year? Oh, <laughs> thank you, Michael Bean. <laughs> uh, it is June 30th, 1995. We have a technical issue, just FYI. That's why <laughs> hopefully the, the, the sounds will be back next episode. You don't, uh, you don't want me to keep that, do you? You want me to just lay them in after the fact. We'll see. This is the, this is the concentration wanna, of this podcast. I want to see how the cardboard headstone tipped over goes. All right. So, <laughs> I'm sure I can do all of them. To the, I'll do them to the best of my ability. All right. So uh, before I get into the, the budget and box office, we do the Rotten Tomatoes. So what do you guess is the Rotten Tomatoes rating, freshness rating on this from the uh, first from the critics, then from the audience? I did look it up for reasons oh. that we'll talk about later, but then now I forgot. I want to say it was like 20%. Bingo. Spot 20%. on. The critics was 20%. And the audience score? 30-something. 30%. Yeah, okay. Pretty bad. So, yeah, I looked this one up. Pretty bad. All right. So, on a $90 million budget, $90 million budget. I believe it. That's on the screen for the most part. In 1995? <laughs> well, this is, you know, CG wasn't really you that's, know that widespread yet. That's true. I think I think the effects are really cool. They're, they're kind of cheesy in a, in a way that... Uh, I, I like. I don't know. I, I I thought they got their money's worth. I mean, Man. I don't know if you. I mean, obviously, I, I mean, I'll be interested to hear the box office. I don't know that, but all right. um, well, all right. I'm gonna. I'll lay that down. Okay. Total box office just under a hundred and thirteen five hundred. Uh, five hundred. Okay. Domestic. Thirty-four point seven million dollars. That's not. That's, that that's is, not close to ninety million. That is terrible. The international saved it somewhat. Yeah. Uh, at seventy eight point eight million, so well, it's a British comic, so I'll bet it did very well in the yeah, UK. Is is my guess? Um, so certainly helped, but with that and domestic, the studios. I don't know about back in nineteen ninety five, but certainly today, uh, don't get as much uh, of a cut of the international. So it needs to be a significantly higher number. No way, Judge Dredd. Um, no, made any money. I should well, say, made made a profit. No way that it did. All right, so. I'm going to let you guess before I get into the top 10 movies. Guess in the United States what spot Judge Dredd 
opened on its opening weekend in June. So basically, Fourth of July weekend, nineteen ninety-five. Uh, I mean, I would have guessed thirty million would have been, or no, that's that's the total, right? That's so the total. I, don't, I don't know what the, the opening weekend. Okay, so it must be like fourth. Pretty close. It actually opened at number five. Wow. <laughs> but with that number five, it's actually not as with with only doing thirty four million in box office, it opened with just over nineteen. So that tells you how bad the word of That's mouth was. Yeah. All right, but the number one movie in America in uh June thirtieth, nineteen ninety five opening weekend was Apollo thirteen with just over forty six million dollars. Oh, great. I just watched that uh pretty recently. It holds not, up. I've not seen that in a long time. Uh maybe I sh- I do own it. I should watch it. Uh it no- was it was a it was one of those like it came out in 4K. I'm like, that's a that's a movie that you want to see that. You know, yeah. test test out your uh, your setup. Your TV with, on, yeah. yeah. All right, so the number two movie in America in its uh, third week, actually third week. In the prior week, it was number one. Disney vehicle Pocahontas with 28.6 million. Its total uh, by this weekend was 80.5. Uh, the number three movie in America, also in its third week, but it was the second. Um, Number two in the box office the week before, Batman Forever, wow. $25.5 million. So, yeah, with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey. Val Kilmer. And the only soul Val Kilmer, correct. Kiss from a Rose by Seal. That's that's the thing I think of oh, when okay. I think of that movie. Same here, and my wife hates that song. Because really? It was on so much, and that yes. summer she worked at, you know, like a Portillo's, but more of a, you know, local, up, and she's like, that song was on... <laughs> It was every, all the time. Every 10 minutes, it seemed like that song. She's like, I hate that song with a passion. I'll have to remember that next time I see her. Just uh, yes. Now I know a thing that annoys her. Yes. I, I, used to, I mean, that's, I think that's a great song even even now. I, I, I unironically like that song. I would not have guessed that. That's actually, you know what? That would, I bet that would be a very good karaoke song. <laughs> I, I like that song a lot. Right. Number four movie in America. Uh, this is its first week opening at number four. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. Wow, Judge Dredd lost the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. It did by 500,000. Wow. 19.5. So number five, as I said, Judge Dredd, just over 19. I have seen that movie, and it is atrocious. It is, is it? one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I may need to see it because I actually took uh, my son to see the new I think it was just Mighty Morphin. I, I don't remember. I think it was Mighty Morphin was okay. the name. Uh, it was, I, I you know, it was it was pretty good. I was actually entertained, and this was like four years ago. Yeah, maybe I was going to say new. You mean a couple years? Ago. I yeah. saw a part of that movie. Yeah, Brian Cranston uh, is uh, not Zoltar. Um, Zordon. Zordon. Yeah, he he does the voice of Zordon. No, I I was. I was surprised. I was entertained. I did not think it was a bad movie. I did not feel ripped off. Okay. Uh, all right. The number six movie. Congo with eight point three million. That reminds me, one of the things that they were auctioning off. There was an auction. You and I were discussing. There was plenty of Judge Dread material. There in was that actually, auction. yeah. I think the helmet was uh, up for helmet, auction. Hershey's badge, uh, a law ma- a lawgiver, a whole bunch of stuff. Actually, I wonder if that's, much of it did not. Sell. Yeah, I was about to say. I wonder if it sold, but I do. I do. I did see that the uh, the outfit from the Pink Ranger from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie also did not sell. Oh, I missed that one. Yeah, I so didn't know that was why. in there. I forgot. Yeah, all that Judge Dread stuff was in there. A lot of Judge Dredd stuff. All right, the number seven movie, The Bridges of Madison County, with seven point seven million. Number eight, Casper, just over five million. Okay. Number nine, Braveheart, with four point four. Most of these these are like in their fifth and sixth week, so these, these have been out for a while. Yeah. Number ten, a movie I think you know well, 
in its seventh week, Die Hard with a Vengeance with three point seven oh, million dollars. Sure. Yeah, this would have. I'm sure at some point in the prior month or two was when uh, the the famous sitting in the theater for a half hour trying to solve a, a, a jug of water puzzle. Was it really a half hour? I always, I, I'd like to I get know, it, it was on, a on the recording of how much of the movie do you estimate that you missed trying to determine? It was probably like five minutes. It felt like a long time. Just like what? How do you? How do you? I, again, every time it comes up, I I will never forget the solution. We did kind of sort it out between the two of us. That's uh, good. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, good. Who, wait a minute. No, you're I, very. You're very no, uh, no, no, I, what I want to know is who? Who legitimately was it? A joint remember. effort? I think it was a joint effort. Okay. All right. On the TV front, the 1995-96 TV ratings, which we should have covered this because I think Assassins came out uh, the same same year. Sounds right. Uh, number one TV show in America was ER. Very, very close behind was Seinfeld. Uh, number three is Friends. Number four, Caroline in the City. Number five, Monday Night Football. Number six, I think I probably said this that time, The Single Guy, one that I do not recognize. Yeah, I remember us being baffled by The Single Guy. I, no. I think I speculated it was probably on after Friends. It was one of those things where it's like you just throw something on. NBC, NBC. Yes, yeah. that's probably anything on that Thursday night block. It's going to get in that, in that period, especially. And Fox's Saturday night craparama. <laughs> What what is that? TGL, that was a Simpsons joke on, I think it was the X-Files episode. (laughs) I recognized it. It's must-see TV. Oh, yeah, it's sandwiched in between NBC's must-see TV and Fox's Saturday Night (laughs) Crap-A-Rama. I wonder what would have been on Saturday nights at the time. What are they referencing? Uh, Number seven uh, was Home Improvement. Number eight, Boston Common. Number six, 60 Minutes. And rounding out the top ten, NYPD Blue. All right. All right. On the history front, the S&P 500 is at 557.37. I went a little bit into June and a little bit into July. There wasn't a ton of history. Uh, so June 15th, during his murder trial, O.J. Simpson puts on a pair of gloves that were presumably worn by the person who murdered his ex-wife and her friend, Ron Goldman. Defense attorney Johnny Cochran quips, if it doesn't fit, you must equip. That was a the gloves appear too tight on Simpson's hands, and yes, it was definitely referenced in Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. no, I'm, <laughs> who told you to put the bra on? I'm surprised that happened during the summer because yeah, I, I remember. I, I my recollection was that those Seinfeld episodes came pretty shortly after uh, the trial, or like during the trial, even. I don't remember. That could have been the fall. The fall. It must have been though, yeah. like maybe one of the early episodes in that yeah. in that fall season must with. Have been. Uh, why do I remember Sue Ellen Mischke? <laughs> I remember Sue Ellen Mischke. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> You're right, because all of New York probably did that. She walked around. <laughs> weird, nothing but a bra. <laughs> it's not a top Sue Ellen. Oh, I know Elaine. Sue Ellen Mischke showed up like five, six times. She was a recurring character. <laughs> all right, June 16th, the International Olympic Committee awards the 2002 Winter Olympics to Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah. All right, this was for the entire month of July. Uh, I did remember this. Midwestern United States heat wave. An unprecedented heat wave strikes the Midwestern United States for most of the month. Temperatures peak at 106 degrees Fahrenheit and remain above 94 degrees in the afternoon for five straight days. At least 739 people in Chicago die, uh, die in Chicago alone. I do remember that, yeah. This is the summer when I got my driver's license. I remember just spending half of the summer at, like, pools and, like, water slides. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, you got your license much much sooner than I did. That's for sure. Oh, 
I, I didn't know uh, that was the case. Yeah, no. So I, um, I'm, I'm a relatively late birthday, so I was pretty young. You know, oh, like that's right. Graduating yeah, yeah. Class. Oh, I, th- I thought you meant like you didn't get it on your 16th birthday. Uh, no, I did, but it, yeah, you're, yeah, I, I knew your birthday was later. Yeah, okay. so I, 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 I don't, I didn't have mine in '95. That's for sure. My, this is this is uh, this movie came out basically two two weeks before my uh, 16th birthday. All right, well, so makes sense. Now everyone knows when my birthday is. Yes. Uh, or I'll, maybe I'll have to write it down and remember to get you a gift. That's <laughs> fine. Right. I'm terrible. I've started putting people's birthdays in my calendar in my phone. Finally, so actually, this is probably a thing I should do because I have a terrible memory. Everyone, yeah. everyone who knows me know, knows I have a terrible memory, and if you listen to this podcast, it confirms it. So, I, if I was faking it just to get out of remembering people's birthdays, <laughs> boy, am I really I'm committing to the bit on this podcast because I can't remember anything. Uh, well, I I have some in my calendar, but uh, as much as I loathe Facebook, one thing that is helpful for people that are on it. It generally, you know, reminds you of when their birthday is. I don't so. think that's a reasonable trade. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think you're getting enough out of it. Given that's the- not why I signed up. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I know that. And but. I certainly did it reluctantly. All right. On July 4th, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, John Major, is reelected as leader of the Conservative Party. On Independence Day. On U.S. Independence Day. Yes. Uh, the, next, the day after, July 5th. I was shocked by this. The U.S. Congress passes... The Child Protection and Obscenity Enforcement Act, requiring that producers of pornography keep records of all models who are filmed or photographed, and that all models must be at least 18 years of age. I'm like, how is that only being passed in 1995? Yeah. Well, I'm sure it was... I'm sure the law said they had to be of age, but the law didn't Maybe require the them records. to keep records. I'm sure that's all that is. I, I guess, but I don't know. Just knowing the growth of you know pornography from watching The Deuce, you know, that's in the... You know, like mid to late seventies, nineteen ninety five. Yeah, that Whatever. seems like the kind of thing where Congress probably wouldn't want to touch it for a long time. Like they're not going to do anything until they absolutely have to. Probably. All right, and then uh, July eleventh, President Clinton announces the restoration of United States Vietnam relations twenty years after the Vietnam War. The okay. number one book on the New York Times bestseller list is it a Tom Clancy? It is not a Tom Clancy, but I'm guessing it was resurrected because of the film history that I just gave you. Bridges of Madison County. Oh, I'm going to guess all of a sudden people are like, oh, I guess I should go read the book. Yeah, of course. Uh, by Robert James Waller and the Billboard 100. Have you ever really loved a woman by Brian Adams? Sure. Okay. It wasn't Kiss from a Rose. Huh? It was- uh, it, it, that was on the list. It okay. just didn't fall at this point. You know, I don't know when that was released for the you know for Batman. It probably was number one because I think the soundtracks are generally the radio stations would push it out before the movie came out. That's true, yeah. And especially at this time, yeah. Yeah, and so that I think was like a June release because the the you know my history there had it in week three, so it was probably like an early June release. So probably in April and May is when you just heard it on the radio nonstop. There were like five songs from that soundtrack that were on the radio constantly. There was that Smashing Pumpkin song. Uh, I don't remember uh, any but Kiss by a Rose. So. The, uh, it's called The End is the Beginning is the End. They use it for the Watchmen trailer, if you remember, like 10 years ago. I, okay, I know. I, that's the only reason. Because you mentioned that, I remember the Watchmen trailer. I don't yeah. I don't remember the song, especially yeah. not being in Batman. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was... It was I mean, there were... Uh, it's crazy, like, how how different... 
Like there was this period. I, I'm kind of fascinated by that period of Hollywood soundtracks that are just business together. That you know, why is there a why? Kiss from a Rose, nothing to do with that man, zero. I mean, I think they they probably worked. There is a Rose thing where like Val Kilmer lays a rose in the alley where his parents were killed. But I bet they put that in after the fact. Like, hey, we made this deal for this song called Kiss from a Rose. Can you have a rose in the movie? You mean like MC Hammer coming up to Arnold and wanting to be yeah. in Jack Slater Five? But that's that's exactly right. Like, there's this period from like '88. I don't know when this would have ended. Because Mission Impossible 2 was like 2000, 2001, and that was a big, like, you know, or like Godzilla 98. Like, there are these, the, the soundtracks were bigger than the movie in a lot of cases. Like, the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack, the Godzilla soundtrack, the Fat Man Forever soundtrack. People remember, like, the songs, the songs more, than, more the than the movie. Yeah. But I don't know when that ended. Probably like 2002, 2003. I just find it very fascinating. Even Last Action Heroes like that. Oh, it, I mean, most people, they're... If you if you read comments when I you know I found things about Last Action Hero, most people are like I don't remember the movie, but that was an awesome soundtrack. Is <laughs> well, what you get all the time on Last Action. Hero. They got their cake and eat it. They got to eat it too because they were kind of making fun. They were making fun of it with MC Hammer, and then they got to also <laughs> take the money from all you know. Yes. So you know they they uh, got away with it. All right, you ready for the big picture? Sure. Let's move on to the big picture. Uh, you want to talk? <laughs> we'll talk. I'm a sucker for a good conversation. I think it's in big conversation. <clears throat> Something I don't know. All right. This is the best I can do. Uh, so this is the segment where we discuss the plot of the movie. All right. I'll, I'm going to give it a shot. You ready? Yes. You have, did, how many sentences is this? It's longer than I'd like. Yeah, okay. We've got to explain the world. There's a lot of world building. Well, actually, not enough world building, but you've got to explain. I, I didn't even try and do that. Here we go. Ready? Rob Schneider plays Fergie, a hacker ex-con that just... Has just been paroled and is released into Mega City. Stop. You have not mentioned Judge Dredd. You've, you've spent a whole sentence. You've not mentioned Judge Dredd. Rob Schneider is the first thing you said. Yeah, okay. and I think you know why. I know why. Because it spends far too much time with him. Oh, finish, and yeah, I'll, I'll have a comment on that. He is teamed up with Judge Dredd, who espouses to be the law, but really is just a blowhard that destroys a lot of what he touches. Dredd has a twin brother that is even worse of a judge than Dredd, and tries to take over Mega City for reasons that are not entirely clear. Uh, Judge Dredd may blow up everything he touches, but he gets results. The classic. <laughs> it's the classic. Uh, <laughs> he is McGarnacle. Yeah, you're right. it's the classic uh, cop. I get results. <laughs> um, uh, he should have just said they should have leaned into that you know trope. But uh, yeah, the thing about Rob Schneider is. <sighs> There's a lot of things. He's a point of view character at the beginning. It's like I think they intended him to be like. We're going to bring you into this world like... Yeah, he's kind of a, a little bit of a proxy, I think, for the audience. Right, we're, spo- we're, we're being introduced to the world of Mega City through his eyes. After James Earl Jones, uncredited, yes. gives you the opening. I have... It's a very <laughs> long uh, opening crawl. <laughs> Are you going to try and do it, James Earl Jones? Absolutely not, okay. but um, I, I do have the whole uh, opening uh, crawl. I, it's, it's never a good sign... I feel like some do you, movies. Do you, do you think that the the Running Man D'Souza had a little bit of an influence there? I felt yeah, that big time. I was about to say the Running Man. I feel like is the only movie I can think of that has a crawl. You know, obviously there's Star Wars, but like I don't know. There's something is immediately a sign of like, all right, this movie is going to be a mess because <laughs> so so many movies that start with like. An opening crawl with like text that's just slowly scrolling up. I mean, I guess there's Blade Runner, but Blade Runner. Here's the distinction: if it's just text, if the text is not moving, 
It's fine. If the text is scrolling in a diagonal way, like Star Wars, it's fine. If it's scrolling straight up, <laughs> bad. It's going to be a bad movie. This is I like I've this as, a, as a, new, a new metric, or not metric, but a new way for us to judge. Yeah. Within like the first, literally, the first 30 seconds of the movie, we can determine, is this going to be a dud? If there's text Just, scrolling upwards, directly upwards. Is it slanted? Yeah. Is it static? You're okay. I think if Blade Runner is static, so that one's okay. If it's scrolling up, you're screwed. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, so yeah, James Earl Jones, for, why is, why did he, I, why, why did he do this? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's, this was, he's not even credited. I mean, I'm sure he still got paid, but he's not credited either. He, Maybe he period. didn't want to be credited. Well, he wasn't credited in the first Star Wars even. So, that's I mean, true. it's one of those things, you know, I think sometimes voice guys don't get credit. Um, but anyway, here, here's the, the text that he, that James Earl Jones narrates in the third millennium, the world changed. Climate, nations, all were in upheaval. The earth transformed into a poisonous, scorched desert known as the Cursed Earth. Millions of people... Oh, cursed okay. Earth. Oh, was it Cursed? Okay, yes. you're right. I, yeah. I, uh, I had a very highlight for Cursed Earth. It is funny you see a map at some point, and it's like Mega City 1, and it's just like the East Coast, Mega City 2 is the West Coast, and then just in the middle just says the Cursed Earth. We're, we're living in the West, the yeah, wasteland. Oh, yeah, no, Chicago was not spared from the Cursed Earth. <laughs> it was, and we're flying no over one, country. No one built a... Me- yeah, I mean, you could tell... This is, this was right the fact, this is where the Great Lakes are and all the water is, but well, that's not okay. anymore. Not anymore. Not <laughs> Um, uh, millions of people crowded into a few megacities where roving bands of street savages created violence the justice system could not control. Um, what's weird about this is it doesn't, it's not clear, like, it's giving you backstory, and then it says, laws we know it collapsed from the decay arose a new order, a society ruled by a new elite force, a force with the power to dispense both justice and punishment. They were the police, jury, and executioner all in one. They were the judges. Uh, I had in my comments, in my little details, but just worth noting, lack of Oxford comma here. Grammar <laughs> grammar uh, people are very ups- get, can get very upset about whether or not you use the Oxford comma. Police comma, jury, space, and execution. So this movie is against the Oxford comma. Okay, fair noting. enough. All right, so I'll, we, we can go through uh, the plot in a little bit more detail, but I think the, the biggest, one of the biggest hang-ups and biggest problems, far, far too much point of view and time spent with Fergie. Well, it would be one thing if he was the, the protagonist of the movie, you know? And like, I mean, in the literal structural sense of, like, the, the character who is driving the story forward, but he's not. Yeah. We're brought into the world through his eyes, and then he's gone for a while, and then they bring him back. So it's like, okay, fine. If you're just using him as like someone to ease us in to this world, then fine. And then you hand it off to Judge Red. Okay, now he's your protagonist. But then you don't need to bring him back if that's the case. Why no. even bother? I mean, it's because they want. I, I don't. Is he the protagonist or is he the comic relief? He is one, and then he's the other, and it doesn't work. No, and he, he's not giving a good performance. <laughs> no, that goes without saying. For either. I suppose which... we should say it, but yes, he's he is the worst comic relief. There are a few. I, I have in my notes some some moments that actually made me laugh. It's not he made me laugh more than zero times, but <laughs> he also made me cringe twenty times as many times. Yeah, and I you know I'm guessing it was the connection you know to to working with Stallone on Demolition Man. Yeah, but in small doses works really well. Carrying a third of the movie, pro- I mean, honestly, he's probably carrying like a third, if not more, of the movie. Maybe even two thirds of the movie when it's all said and done. Big mistake. It's not just that it was a smaller role in Demolition Man. His role in that is to 
kind of he he's not a he's not a point of view character he's not no. a character that we're supposed to be identifying with he's the opposite he's someone who is against he he is he's a, a i don't want to say antagonist for uh, John Spartan but he's someone who is there to to be a foil he, for yeah, him yeah foil and an annoyance yes whereas i guess he's, in some ways he is also that here but he's an ally in, a, in here he's supposed to be like a sidekick yes and he is not that's not where what he should be doing i mean rob schneider uh, I'll have a lot to say about Rob Schneider later. He, he is a huge problem with this movie, no doubt about it. But I also think that it's a structural problem. I think you could put any actor in that role, and It'd I think it would struggle. have the same problem. Because it's like, if the whole movie had been from that character's point of view, and Judge Dredd is, we're seeing Judge Dredd through his eyes, okay, fine, that would work. If he was comic relief, who was just there to be like a wacky sidekick, okay, fine, that would work too. Pick one. Because the, if he's the sidekick, then you don't need those opening ten minutes. And if he's a point of view character, then he shouldn't be disappearing for a half hour. Agreed. So... So we do get interest introduced to Mega City. I think this is Mega City One. Yeah, who decided that? I'm sure L.A. has an opinion about. Well, New York still had the probably the bigger population, so they said we get the the Roman numeral I, you get the double I. I guess so. Uh, and so yeah, we're introduced to it, and immediately we get into the street wars, which I'm not really sure what the the street wars are. I don't know either. It, it's it, not. It, it's that was what felt to me the most like RoboCop. That felt very much like RoboCop, but didn't didn't hit the notes the way RoboCop. Did. Well, not to jump ahead, but we learn later that they were they were orchestrated by one of the judges, one of the council of judges, Jurgen Prock. Now, sometimes it's described as just rioting. Other times it's described as like gang warfare. There's you know two like rival groups shooting at each other from across the uh, like street. Yes, and also shooting down at the street. So they're right. shooting across and down, right? And and, not, and this is before the, the judges show up, yes. right? They're just like indiscriminately killing people. Yes. And this, yeah, this is a point of view on crime that I mean, I as as I had discussed on our recap episode, I have a harder time with this now than I used to. But even still, if you want to be a movie that is pro law and order, fine. I don't necessarily have to agree with it, but fine. That's the movie's point of view. But to just go like. Criminals are literally like creeps. You know, that's a lot of. Uh, um, I'm thinking of death, the Death Wish movies, where they're always the creeps. We got to get the creeps. Oh, the creeps have ruined this town. You know, and it, making them just having no like uh, motivations. They're not trying to make money. They're not. It's not like crimes of passion. They are just. They just enjoy killing people, <laughs> right? And if, movies do that to try to justify. Okay, well now it's okay for these cops to just show show up and blow them away, and it's again not to get political because I, this movie doesn't have a point of view, but it is annoying to me for, as a movie fan. I'm just like, this is stupid. It's criminals just shooting each other just for fun, basically. You know, just give up. Say that they're selling drugs, space drugs. You know, future drugs. I'll accept that. Space drugs. Well. What, what? How do space drugs work? Are they are they different? <laughs> I don't know. I, there's no indication that in this world they can go out into space. So, I mean, given how messed up the world is, probably not. No, I don't but, think so. Um, you know, future drugs. I don't know. Don't they, they they name drop some kind of drug at some point? Maybe not. Uh, I, 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 RoboCop 2 was on the other day, so all I can think of is oh, the... Nuke? Nuke is all I can think of in Tom Noonan. Sure, yeah. And a little kid. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Him. Yeah, you're right. The kid, too. There is no motivation. It is just... Even in RoboCop, it's usually like muggings and stuff, right? Like, yeah, it's, no, this, it, this, there's <laughs> actually there's some street crime that's actually you know kind of a little rough, even for nineteen, you know, for, certainly for nineteen eighty seven RoboCop. Right. This doesn't have that for the most part. No street wars. It's just what does that mean? Who knows? No, it's it's there so that yes, it justifies the hero Judge Dredd 
coming in and being the executioner, really. So yeah, well, because because uh, uh, Rob Schneider's character shows up to his apartment he's been ass- assigned to, and there's these gunmen squatting at it and shooting. Whatever, yeah, and those are probably some of his stronger moments of him like trying to convince them. No, I'll just go down there and surrender. <laughs> stronger moments being relative, I assume. Uh, yes, yes, being relative. There, there are a couple moments in that scene that I roll my eyes so hard at Rob Schneider's acting. I think this is probably the movie he is he is required to act more than any other movie he's ever been in in terms of like he's in life and death situations and he has to act frightened and he is terrible at that. <laughs> Every moment where he's got a gun in his face he's just like I'm hey what are you doing or whatever. What is the line where he goes like oh he's like what are you doing here? He's like I I live here. I mean I'm supposed to live here. If I live it's like you're supposed to be scared to death. And he's like, burr, 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 I might die. Burr, burr, burr. I'm Rob Schneider. He cannot act. Like, okay. put him in a seat. Put him in the background and have him say, "You can do it. It's great. You can. He 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 can do that. He can nail that. <laughs> yes, you can do that, Rob Schneider. And that's about it. That's about the extent of his acting talent. Uh, I, I I always feel bad criticizing actors, but in this case, I'll make an exception because he is terrible <laughs> in this movie. Okay. Well, he gets he gets arrested again. He he is a survivor. Yeah, do you want to talk about that arrest now, or should we save the details for No, later? let's save the details. I, I want to try and plow through, because the plot is actually mostly junk in this, so I yeah. want to try and plow through this. Okay. So, uh, effectively, we get to learn a little bit more now here after this. Of- this is where the movie gets good for a while for me. Rob Schneider is sent away to prison, and he's out of the movie for a while. and then we- But he's not actually in prison right then, by the way. He's just he- like, I don't know what he's doing. He's in limbo somewhere. He's being transferred. Well, it's unclear how long of a period of time it's been between here and uh, when Judge Dredd least- gets into trouble. It's at least a couple of days, but... It's got to be more than that because he ends up training so like a whole classic. Well, that's, what I, yeah, that's why I was giving him a couple days. So, yes, well, we actually then get a look in at the justice system itself and where the, the academy, I don't know what it's called. I, I should, but I don't. Um, the Halls of Justice. They the Halls of Justice. Okay, fine. And that's where. I assume that's the official name of it. Yeah, the, the council exists. Uh, and council of judges, yeah. So the the, the judges basically, uh, you know, they're they're police, jury, and execute, executioner. So I'm not entirely sure why you need all, all this, like the council. Yeah, the oversight. Like, what do you over? By the time you say like, hey, you shouldn't have done that. It's almost too late now. There's a scene with Max von Sydow because he's kind of like the head. Uh, yeah, he's I mean, the chief justice. He's the yeah, he's the chief justice, and he's just like, do you really think you should have killed all those people? You know, executed all those people, and it's like, oh, they broke the law, and it's like, all right then. And that's the end of the conversation. It's like there doesn't seem to be any need for this oversight. Well, <laughs> judges do whatever they feel like. If a judge gets accused of a crime, then that's when the council is needed. <laughs> well, then they're entitled to due process and attorneys. It's a very. It, it really was unfair. Yeah, this is a you know, real two tiered system. <laughs> it's, it really is. There's a system for the elites, and then there's a system. Yeah. For everybody else. So it's like, uh, I mean, we're basically skipping over. But, well, Armando Sante is another guy who was in prison and he, he escapes. Um, there's just a couple scenes with that. But yeah, it gets to the point where. Armando Sante posing as Judge Dredd assassinates a, a journalist who is investigating yes, and misdeeds his, in the halls of justice. I, you want so I I know you you've taken a, a you know a, not not a viewpoint but you know you kind of look at things differently in some ways. Uh, understandable and in this movie you can suspend it because it's not taking you know a point of view. I rolled my eyes at the thought of a pure journalist. I, I roll my eyes and I'm like, yeah, that that doesn't in 2020 that doesn't exist to me anymore. Yeah, uh, and but I, really, he's only there because he, he's 
he's a MacGuffin, right? He just needs to be killed so that you can ultimately set up Judge Dredd because he was going to be critical of the justice system in general, but it's the easiest way to set up Dredd. Yeah, and I, I have issues with that from multiple fronts, and that is one of them. Yeah, I mean, certainly it is very quaint to see this movie of just like, if this journalist reports on this, everyone will believe it, and uh, we will, our goose will be cooked. <laughs> Us, who holds all the power and has no check on that power, what do they care? What do they care if some journalist goes out and says, oh, there's... there's because all he was going to report on is that we learned that uh, both Judge Dredd and uh, Armando Santa, what's, uh, what's his character's name? Oh, it's my favorite. Rico. Rico, of course. It's How perfect. It is a perfect name. It's a very good villain name, Rico. Um, the two of them were the result of some project. Uh, Janice. Janice, yes. And so he discovered that and he was going to report on that as if it was a big bombshell. It's like, I don't understand why that would be that much of a bombshell. In a world where judges are have permission to execute people on the spot for any reason, what? Oh no, these two guys were cloned. What a what a bombshell! What a shocking uh, you know development. People, why what do they care? Why is this so shocking? <laughs> I don't know if I have a good answer to that. We're, that to, question. we're told it will be, will shake the the pillars, the foundations of, of yeah. justice. So whatever, I guess we're told that, so we have to believe it. But then, yeah, I also don't like the fact that uh, uh, Rico just frames. Dread for murder, and that's why Dread gets sent away. I think this movie sets up an interesting idea of, you know, like I said, him and Max von Sydow. Oh, his name is Fargo, right? Chief Justice yes. Fargo. Yeah, it is Chief Justice I, Fargo. I, I remember that because it's ba- it's basically my favorite movie. Um, Fargo, not this. <laughs> but <laughs> that, that's good to qualify. Yeah, I should be clear. But uh, yeah, they have that conversation of just like. Well, I'm not sure I agree that you should have assassinated those people. And so in, in order to get you thinking about these things, I'm going to have you teach ethics at this uh, the academy, the academy. Yeah. which we never see. He, when we see him teaching, he's showing them guns. So don't <laughs> never see him teaching ethics. But again, it's like, okay, maybe this movie, I, I couldn't remember. I'd seen this movie you know, in the 90s. I didn't remember much about it, but I was like, maybe this movie is actually going to discuss this stuff. No, it does not. But I would have much preferred it if it was like, instead of just being framed arbitrarily for this murder if judge dread was placed in a position where he actually was had an ethical dilemma and actually had a had to make a choice as a character that was interesting and and uh, illuminated his character in some way that doesn't happen so it's like if 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 he wasn't put in a position where he suddenly like you know he's i am the law he follows he enforces the law to the letter all the time and if he ended up being confronted with a law that was maybe unjust and he had a crisis of, of conscience and decided maybe to break the law to do the right thing. That would have been interesting to have this character who was so rigid, you know, I, I don't know what that would have been, but some him going to prison for something that, that he was just framed for is just not interesting. No, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't tell us anything about either character, about judge dread or about Rico. Rico is evil and judge dread is good. That's what it tells us. That's pretty much what the Janus project is. It, it creates, it's Jules and Jules and Vincent. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, yeah, basically, it is. You're right. It is. It is the exact plot of Twins. Except, what if what if Jules and Vincent were? They you had know? power that they yeah. could shoot people on sight. Yeah, exactly. At least Twins gives some kind of vague explanation of you got all the genetic crap, and that's why you're a dirtbag. And <laughs> Jules is a perfect. Yeah, it human does being. not explain why, why Rico is Rico. Yeah, I, I mean, we should maybe save this for questions, but I mean. Rico is kind of presented as the shadow version of Dread. This is what Dread maybe could have become, or maybe you know, a more interesting movie might have might have portrayed it as here's what Dread is on the path to becoming if he's not careful. Neither of those is presented. It's just like he's just they're, evil, and they're both absolutes, and that's it. 
<laughs> right, but not in a way that even explores that. You know, it, it would be one thing if there was ambiguity with Dredd, and he was like, he was the he absolutely follows the law no matter what, even when it's morally wrong. Rico, you know, does what he thinks is right, even when it's grotesque and horrible, because he thinks that the law is too rigid. Yeah. And then oh, the, the movie is like, well, the truth is somewhere in the middle. That's exactly Demolition Man. That's exactly what, what the plot of Demolition Man is. You know, these strict laws, and then there's you know the underground people who yeah. are just doing whatever they want. You need to they, get a little bit get, dirty. You got to get a lot cleaner. You got to get a lot cleaner. Exactly. That movie grapples with it, and this movie it doesn't. Yeah, and, <laughs> even bother. And w- what I would say is is an, another maybe an anal- movie analogy. Rico and Dread could easily be, you know, in, in some ways, although they're not twins, but like you know the Nolan version with Joker and Batman, right? You complete me, meaning that sure they there's something to explore in some connection. You never get anything like that. They are just they barely interact, they, right? And they're basically just plot devices, not plot devices, but they're basically just stock characters. You're going to be good, you're going to be bad, and there's going to be some special effects that get mixed in, and I'm going to throw you off the Statue of Liberty. It's one thing if it's like Superman or something. I mean, even Superman has more nuance than than this. But, you know, it's one thing if you're you're doing a... I mean, this is a comic book hero, Judge Dredd, but... It doesn't feel like it should be portrayed as, like, here's a character you should look up to as an example of how to live. Right? Like, that's not... You can't make this movie and portray him like that. That's kind of what they do, which is so crazy to me. Well, I, I'm... Again, I'm not sure if that's the comic or if it's necessary. That might be a little bit of Stallone, too. Wanting well, yeah, to no, be totally, the hero. Totally. No, that's exactly right. So, in the end, you're right. He, he's set up. Rico goes and is wreaking havoc as he's supposed to. Is wreaking havoc, Rico? Yes. That's why it should have named it Rico. Like, W-R-E-A-K-O. <laughs> it's me, Rico. I wreak havoc. Because in the background, there's there the pl- the the plot of the movie really is there's secret scheming from an associate justice yes. who really wants to like it seems like in so many of these futuristic movies swipe the, like Demolition Man we need to wipe the slate clean and then we can have a perfect society that I'm going to build. Well, he keeps talking about how he wants there to be they they want to expand the authority of the judges. It's like how much more can you expand? I mean, that's a fair criticism. You got a lot of authority right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's like the the baseline of this movie is so crazy to me. Um, but yeah, he like I, he he's the one behind all the the street wars. Behind the street wars, he's behind uh, releasing Rico to work for him. But yeah, oh yeah, because he sends in some kind of weapon with the. Yeah, the warden just blindly hands Rico. The I, thing. It's one of my notes. It's like, okay. man, wardens do not fare very well in futuristic Stallone no, movies. This is what I think my note is. At least his eyeball remained intact. That's true. <laughs> he just lost his throat and then was gunned yeah. down by his own gun. Villains doing very specific damage to very specific body parts yes. in Stallone future movies. Let's keep an of eye wardens for of in Stallone futuristic movies. What happened to the warden in Escape Plan Two? Ooh. Stallone just beat him up, I think. Well, what happened to Jim Kvitzel oh, got blown up. He got blown up pretty bad. Yeah, he got what? blown up pretty bad. No, no specific uh, injury to any specific body part, but yeah. No, he but just... he really went out. Yeah. I don't remember, I don't what, remember I... what happens because you had Titus Welliver, the zookeeper. He took a beating, but it wasn't from Stallone. He, he, I think he actually got the worst of it, as I remember. Stallone in fought somebody in that octagonal room. It I had remember, to be the warden too. I mean, who else would he? Fight? I don't remember that guy. Yeah, the 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 guy who who was on his team 
And then it's like double cross. I'm actually the warden. Remember that? That's that's yeah, the guy. That's you fuck. A, yeah, that's the guy. You fuck. You're right. I don't remember what happened. I don't think he gets it nearly as bad as the warden here or the warden in <laughs> Demolition Man. Technically, that movie's not set in the future. I, that's why I brought it up. Thing like, oh, futuristic prisons, but no, that movie is theoretically set in the present. I forgot that that's supposed to be the real world. <laughs> Uh, that, so, that movie is more like unbelievable than Drudge Dread. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> in terms of like a believable world, without a doubt. So in the end, of course, Rico turns turns on his, his uh, turns on the associate justice. Yeah, and of course he did. Did you see this guy? I think <laughs> one of the craziest characters I've ever seen in a movie. Yes. I mean, I, I I've never believed. He's chomping on a cigar and yelling all the time. It's so believable. I don't know much about Armando Sante. I do think that he kind of had a reputation for being hard to work with and, and oh, okay. uh, kind of a bad guy. I'm not sure if maybe I'm imagining that, but I mean, watching this movie, I was a fr- I would not want to meet Armando Sante. He is so <laughs> crazy in this movie in a in a good way, but it's so believable that I I go maybe Armando Sante is just nuts. He, he might. It's like uh, Lawrence Tierney, right? Um, yes. Don't want to work with him. Yes, that's how thoroughly believable this performance of a madman is so you know we skipped over the one section of the movie i don't want to really spend any time on it the headed to prison but they never make it to prison and have to break back into mega city with schneider talk about stuff that should have been completely cut out of the movie yeah it's like 20 minutes of just wasted time well it's it's to get an action scene in there that's all it's to get a fight where there's these like guys who live out in the waste it's all uh kind of mad max inspired um it's dumb they shoot down the prison uh transport and somehow everybody dies except for uh the two characters that we're following it's really remarkable how it works and max von Sydow also comes to the rescue as he's on his not walk of shame but uh no uh the long walk the long walk i was thinking I, i was thinking a little game of thrones i wanted a bell of shame when when he walked out that's i mean that's a more interesting concept to me, and it was so wasted in this movie because he, he he it is, really is wasted. Like when when it, why does he take the long walk? Because he like somehow is he is so he's convinced by I, I should look up the associate justice Jurgen Brock now. Thank I you. Remember, yeah, well, I don't remember he, the act, the, the character. He name. he has a eureka moment. Oh, you can spare Dred's life because if you retire. The precedent is, what you want to talk about, this is crazy. Oh, right. The precedent <laughs> is when a chief justice, which to me it seems like Max Monsito has been chief justice like forever, but whatever. Probably. That the, the history or the, the precedent is whatever right. your final ruling is. <laughs> right. I'm assuming, I mean, I can't even imagine what you might, you know, have a ruling come down that could really be in your favor. But the precedent is we will honor that on your way out on the long walk. Uh, I'm sure it's implied within reason or within the confines of the law or something. I guess. It's not clear how much judges, you know, obviously, like we said, this is a very specific case where Judge Dredd gets to have an attorney and there's a whole tribunal. But um, it's not clear how much leeway judges have with sentencing. Because you hear Dredd talk about it where he like he'll be like, such and such offense. It's like, you know, the sentence is three I years. I blow up your car. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that really undercuts things. <laughs> I am the law, except in this case. But, um, boy, why did they think that was a good idea to have that scene? I don't know. Um, they're not thinking about it, that's the thing. They're not thinking about what, it, what, are, the, what are the legal implications of these things. But yeah, no, Max von Sydow shows up. And it's like, oh, I've, I'm on the long walk, which means I'm supposed to, when when a judge retires, 
they go out into the wilderness and they try to bring law to the wilderness or whatever. Yeah, it's really just to go out and die. Yeah, but I could see, like, that seems like a way more interesting movie to me is just, like, this guy who has been on this, like, mission to, to bring law to the lawless. I don't know, like, there's there's a there's a kind of a romanticism to that idea that I find interesting. I think the 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 like I just wanted to see that movie. I wanted to see Max von Sydow uh, wandering around in the wastes, being like a, well, a, a I don't futuristic think, lawman. I don't think he made it very far. No, <laughs> it's the most disappointing thing. It's like hey, Max von Sydow's back in this movie, and then he's just immediately killed. Why bother? I don't know why he was in the movie in the first place. Yeah, I don't know. He loves being in movies like this. He's in so many sci-fi movies. He he, really he, lo- he has been in... I don't think he's ever been in Star Trek, but he's basically been in every other... He's been in Star Wars. He was in Dune. He's in this. He... Uh, what else? He's uh, uh, Flash Gordon. He loves this stuff. Conan the Barbarian. I was going to say he was in Conan. He loves being in movies like this. It's so funny. He had such a... you know his, his The beginning of his career was so like prestigious. You know? And then... <laughs> From like the mid seventies on, cash those checks. Yeah, I mean maybe the the Exorcist was like it gave him a little taste. It's like oh blockbuster, that's fun, kind of fun being in a blockbuster. <laughs> maybe I want to keep doing this. <laughs> Who wants prestige films? Yeah. Well, so yeah, we get back as I said. Rico, of course, turns on. I won't say his creator because he really actually oh. Max von Sydow was his creator. But there's uh, that woman played by Joan Chen, who I yes. know from Twin Peaks. She, she, that's the only thing I had ever seen her in up until this. So All right. she's, she's a, she, well, I, I was about to say she's an important character in Twin Peaks, but the farther that show goes on, the less important she gets. She ends up, well, I won't, I won't spoil the, <laughs> her fate in Twin Peaks, but it's stupid. Okay. She gets written out of the show during the period when that show was terrible. And the thing that they do to her is ridiculous. <laughs> that's all I'll say. Okay. Well, she's in this movie. And she is. But she, she, she is his creator, or one of them, right? Uh, yes. And then she and him are together? Is that yeah, right? well, that's because uh, th- this, is, this is less prevalent today than it certainly was in the 90s. Oh, yeah. You had Diane Lane's character, so basically you had to have somebody on the other side for the woman to fight. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. That's, that's true. The only, and it makes no sense. Like, she's a scientist. <laughs> well... <laughs> Just take it from us. She knows how to fight. I, but that's the thing. It's whatever. That that actually probably is more annoying to me than almost anything else in yeah, the movie. I, I don't know. But that's basically the reason why she's there. And I feel bad. We have not really talked about Diane Lane, but she, she she's in it. What's to talk about? Yeah, she's there. She's, I guess, dreads. Love interest. But love not, interest? I don't not know. Not until the very end. Yeah. It's like, the, you know, there's a kiss at the end. It re- reminded me more of uh, Schwarzenegger movies where that would happen, where it's like, oh, I guess that she was supposed to be a love interest this whole time. Like the end of... Uh, Commando. Commando perfect. and the running man. Actually, Commando, they don't really... I don't know if she kisses him at the end of Commando. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, on the Does plane? She? Yeah, on the beach or okay. whatever. Yeah. I was, no, thinking, I was thinking of the running man. You're right. The running man is the worst one. <laughs> well, but I think this was written with uh, Arnold in mind, and uh, it... it feels much more like an Arnold movie. There's a ton of, like, one-liners. There is that. Which Stallone is not good at. No, he's not. Yeah. Stallone doesn't know how to deliver a one-liner. He shouldn't have one-liners. So, in the end, though, I mean, I, at least for me to finish up the plot, is, of course, Dredd saves the day by th- throwing Rico off the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> the Statue of Liberty, which is above the lab... Because it was moved or it something? It was moved, yes. Yeah, jeez. What, what, talk about working your way backwards. You know? It's we like, really want to have them throw them off the Statue yeah. of Liberty. How do we make this work? I mean, 
that's there's no doubt about it. That's how it happened. Oh, we moved the Statue of Liberty on top of our lab. Or we built the lab underneath. The, after it had been moved, we built the lab underneath. Why is the lab there? It's it's like uh, um, in um, um, God, the Hitchcock movie the, with the Mount Rushmore. Oh, uh, North uh, by Northwest? Yeah, North by Northwest. Have you seen that? Yeah. Okay. Where it's like you know, the, the villains have a house that's just like with walking distance from the heads. It's like <laughs> I, I own this house on the back of you know Roosevelt's head. It's that, so that, ridiculous. That way we can have a fight on the sand on, on uh, the Washington <laughs> Monument. Or the... Uh, uh, not Rushmore. Yeah, um, yeah. It's the same. It's it's so worked backwards. And also, like the Statue of Liberty is basically like like partially destroyed. We're hanging out of the front of it, so because yes. it's like rebar there for yeah. It's all destroyed. So it's a joke. What kind of a world is this? Like, why is the why is the Statue of Liberty not just destroyed? Right. Why move it? If we're gonna move it, then re- restore it. You went to the trouble of moving it. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but it's still destroyed. Well, maybe it got destroyed during the move. I guess, yeah, they're just very careless about it. But it would have made more sense to me if they had just explained it as all the oceans dried up and then New York. And the Great Lakes. Yeah. Well, they're just the the whole planet is basically a desert now. And so we just expanded New York out towards, you know, Statue of Liberty. And now there's, there's buildings around the Statue of Liberty because it's, it's all built on the former, you know, the riverbed. Or That's not the choice that they made, however. No, they moved it. Yeah. All right. You ready? Anything else you want to cover in the plot? I mean, Rob Schneider is there for most of that, for the second half of that movie. There's a really long flying motorcycle chase sequence, which I please don't tell me you thought those effects were good. They were bad. I found them somewhat charming in how kind of bad they are. Campy they are. Well, like a lot of them, uh, less so that one. That one was not. It was not good at all. No, it just felt you could feel them just standing on a green screen. But um the earlier stuff I kind of enjoyed because it kind of reminded me of a like Universal Studios ride. You know when they're first coming into the city and they're sh- they're like flying through the I city. I can see that. Yeah. It just felt like the Back to the Future ride. You know? I can see that especially when Schneider's uh, Fergie sees, "Oh, look at that that really nice-looking building with a nice-looking pool. That must be where I'm going." Right. I that uh, did you're right. I could see there's that just, feeling like the Back, back to the Future Universal Studios. There's a certain charm to it where it's like very clearly models, and they're not really trying that hard to disguise this the fact yeah. that they're models. But um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that chase was just not exciting. That's the thing. I don't know. There's stuff where it, Diane Lane tries to like clear Dred's name. I don't know if it really goes anywhere. It doesn't matter. No, because all she just winds up discovering that he's he's got a brother. Right. But that's a, does that clear his name? Oh. Uh, I th- I feel like at the end, because yeah, Dread kills uh, Rico and the bad guys and blah blah blah. And then at the end, they just make they they, they say like, oh, we saw Rico say that he framed yeah. you. Yes. So at the end of the day, because I've got it in there, he, Rico has total disregard for any sort of logic of trying to cover his tracks because he makes that speech within the halls of justice i'm like there is this has to be recorded everywhere <laughs> well, and i'm like all right it does come back at the end yeah they got some guy at the end yes. i have the authority to make you chief justice random man on the street yes, random judge you can be chief justice dread and he turns it down because he lives on the streets i'm a street judge and he poses in front of a in front of a a, a matte painting at the end it was so bad. Yeah, no, it's bad. It's it's it's, uh, it's a ridiculous movie. All right, you ready for technology? Let's move on to technology. Uh, it's already up in the cloud. What cloud? What cloud? <laughs> 
Maybe this is the new tradition. We don't need the we don't need the soundboard anymore. I'm a one man soundboard. So I'm a regular Michael Winslow. <laughs> I would love to hear your Michael Winslow impersonation. I think that was or it. some of his noises. I don't know what he sounds like when he's just nor- talking normally. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing space balls. Oh now. yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that's actually probably my favorite Michael Winslow. Yeah. <laughs> the creeps. Shit. <laughs> That's my right. favorite yeah, that's part. Right. I'm seriously whatever. Yeah. I don't remember what age I was when Spaceballs <laughs> came out, but that <laughs> shit is still that is my all time yeah. favorites. All right, sorry, technology. This is the segment of the show where we discuss how changes in technology might have uh, impacted uh, the plot or other uh, other points in the story. I, I only had one. I do think it's an important one that I wanted to point out. All right, I only have one also. So all right, maybe it's the same one. I found it, maybe it's quaint or cute. Speaking of Diane, uh, Diane Lane and her investigation, this, the fake picture. Yes. And, oh my, how they're like, oh, let me, let me take this out. Let me take this out. And then there's only the babies. Let me just say, if this, the cursed earth in the, th- what was it? The third millennium? Was that it? I think it was the third millennium. Um, yeah, I think so. What can be done now with deep fakes of making it literally look like the president of the United States has said something that absolutely was not said? Yeah. 2020 or you know, 2019 even was way ahead of the cursed earth in terms of its ability to fake pictures well, or video. But also, it's it's both like way behind where we are now in technology, but also way ahead in the sense of... They know they learn that the fake pictures, like these are false pixels, and I, let me eliminate the false pixels. Let me drop this out and drop this out and drop well, this out. Yeah, he's able to like take away all the fake stuff and then to reveal the actual background when the photo was taken. It's like, how is that still part of the image? In the how is that in the data of the image? <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand how that works. I was well. very confused by that. The thing that it reminded me of actually was that episode of Seinfeld where uh, George <laughs> George wants himself removed from the photo and then. <laughs> they paint the guy back. Is it Kruger? It's Kruger. It, it's it is yes that he wants himself airbrushed. He George wants himself airbrushed, airbrushed out. out. But he takes Kruger and everybody else out, <laughs> other than George and the. No, not I everybody need, else. Just just Kruger, and then he's got to get put back into the photo. I need a photograph. <laughs> hey, I think I did pretty good. I had to draw that guy from memory. <laughs> This is a cartoon. That's one yeah. of my favorite lines. This is a cartoon. Yeah, that's what that reminded me of, of like trying to remove images and then put stuff back in. So, yeah, because they were fake. Fo- cause so, so, well, I'll save this question for questions. But I mean, <laughs> why did they just take a picture of two babies sitting on a desk? Right. Is that what your question is going to? Well, be? yeah. It va- if you're going to fake it. The right. baby, the baby is How somehow. How hard would it be to just go get a couple of people to pose as their parents? Literally, the only part of that photo that's real is the thing that would have been easiest to fake. <laughs> it could have been any baby. It's not like it's being recognizable. Oh, clearly, that, that's clearly dread. I just found seriously. I found, why are they faking parents? Just hire actors to go, or just get a couple of judges, right? Don't tell them what they're there for. Well, wait, are, are, were they trying to claim that they were fake? Like They, they created like CG parents? I, I thought, yes. Oh, okay. They I, thought dropped they, every, no, I, I thought they hired actors and just added no, in artificially. No, but but they, then the, the question then becomes, no matter, even if they did that, why add them into the photo later? Why not just have them take, hire two people, have them stand next to the baby, and there, you've taken a photo. Why, why add them in later? It's stupid. Yeah. All right, what was yours? The, the deep fake to me was 
it was very quaint of uh, we'll just drop this out and all it is a couple of babies. I'm like, you could do a much better job in 2020 of faking things. Well, and really, that goes to the same thing. Dread, no, you could have probably faked that too today. Right. You wouldn't have actually had to kill anybody. Well, you wouldn't have had to. Uh, uh, well, I guess there's DNA evidence, right? Because they have the same DNA or something. Well, that's, that's right. That's how that the the lawgiver. That's ultimately how he's found guilty. Is that the bullets have traces of DNA, which we will talk about. Yeah, twins and DNA a little bit oh, because the, it's ridiculous. The, none of that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll definitely talk about it. No, my my technology thing is related to that robot, which we didn't talk about. But uh, Ed two oh nine. Um, it's, I think it's just called robot, right? It, no, it's, it's, gonna... it's actually ABC Warrior. Oh, okay. I didn't pick up on that. I I immediately thought he just calls it robot. Just, robot, <laughs> go smash that or whatever. He just he just addresses Does. it as robot. I think that robot is very cool, and it it it's too good for this movie. I think it's a it's a um what's his name um who did the Terminator uh, effects? Oh, uh, Stan Winston. I think it's yep. a Stan Winston thing. Um, it's really cool and practical and like a big puppet basically. But then. Uh, Rob Schneider like just defeats it by crossing its wires, and then it's like suddenly I must kill the wrong people. I robots even at the time I feel like were more complex than just like yes. I'm gonna take these wires out and like monkey with them, and suddenly that was incredibly dumb. You know, you, you, Especially, you can't rewire up, you reprogram. Fine, he's supposed to be like a hacker. A hacker. That's what's so absurd about he's it. Just hanging on the back of a robot. I'm gonna twist these wires together. Now he's on our side. What? <laughs> It's yeah, dumb. That's really dumb. It's dumb in the wrong ways. All right, you ready for uh, ready for the little details? Sure. That cardboard headstone tipped over. This, this graveyard is obviously phony. All right. Thank you, Ed Wood. Uh, the little details. This is the segment of the show where we discuss uh, minutia we found interesting or noteworthy during the movie. You want to lead us off? Uh, well, my first note maybe is going to get us into a deeper issues about okay. the DNA. So I don't know if we should talk about it now, but um, I just found it very strange. The way they put uh, Stallone in those blue contact lenses, it's to I make him look. That. It's to make him look more like Armando Sante. But yeah, he's got oh, blue man, contact I lenses. Oh man, I didn't. I didn't notice that. Really, I, I found it very like jarring and. Uh, I can see off-putting. that. I, I guess I just honestly I didn't. The only time that I noticed the eye color is actually ironically Demolition Man because they have you know Wesley Snipes with two different color eyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, when granted, Judge Dredd. Uh, has a helmet on for a lot of this movie. I mean, not much actually. And yeah. Stallone clearly is like, I'm, my face is going to be in this movie. Yeah, that so, was like, that's the complete opposite of Carl Urban because yeah. I I think the comic is no, he doesn't take it off. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So much like the Mandalorian. I've not seen it. season two. Are you are you signing it's, back up? I did. It's, it's it's actually this season is much better. Okay. I was kind of ambivalent about the first one. So, yeah, it's fine. They avoided the pitfall of making it the uh, Baby Yoda show. I thought that's what it was going to be. It was going to be like the Ghostbusters cartoon where it just became the Slimer show after a while. I was it like, did hey, become I, I, that. And I honestly thought that's what it was going to be. Like, this, this season two, they, they know where their bread is buttered. They're just going to be make it the Baby Yoda show. For some they, reason. They, I've so far they the Baby that. Muppets for some reason. <laughs> that's basically the idea. Yoda's a Muppet and this is I, the baby. I mean, it's not literally Yoda. It's just a, a Yoda the species or whatever. Dad, what's a Muppet? It's not quite a mop. Not, not quite, quite a, a puppet. puppet. But man... Go ask your mother. All right, my first little detail. Um, I don't know if you happen to notice it, but during the, the Street Wars, there's there's a guy that chucks a Molotov cocktail. Did you notice that guy? Did not. All right, well, he does. 
He is so it's they don't have any audio down on the street, but he is it, it was an extra or maybe a, a stunt guy. He is so fired up and like proud of himself. He clearly knew I'm getting my five seconds and sure. I'm gonna make a he is just jacked up of throwing that Molotov cocktail. I wonder if it was a stunt man or if it was just an extra. I wonder if they let just a normal extra throw fire around. See, I don't know if he actually threw it or if it was thrown and then cut to that guy. Uh, I, oh, I, could, you can't I do really remember. Tell. Yeah, I remember this cut now. Yeah, when you, as soon as you said it cut to that guy, now I remember that what you were talking about. That guy is so proud of himself. Yeah. Well, they've, they've got to establish how much these uh, riders mean business. Uh, what? Did, uh, yeah, wait, they mean business? No. What, what did you call it? Uh, psych, that's what it is. Psychos. They're psychos. That's what no, it is. No, creeps is what... Uh, creeps in this, but when we talked Cobra, it was psychos. Oh, psychos. Psychos, yeah, okay, sure. But yeah, just, w- any kind of, uh, you know, uh, blanket term for uh, you know, wanton criminals. Yes. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about the, the music in this movie. Not the soundtrack, not the... not The, the soundtrack, but the score. Is there? A- There's no songs, I guess. So this movie is an exception. They didn't uh, cram it with pop songs. I don't, I, I don't think there are any. I don't think there are any, and I don't remember anything during the credits either that no. I was annoyed by, which is most of the time with Stallone movies. Well, they should have, because Alan Silvestri did the score for this movie, and normally and he did Back to the Future. He does all the modern, like, the Marvel movies, and generally is very good. Um, I think the score is, I think in large part because it is such a miscalculation where it's it's so heroic and also, like, so bombastic in moments that are like dramatic, like when when the DNA evidence comes out for uh, Dread or it's during like, his trial. During his trial, it's like it's a lie, and then the music's just like ba-dum, ba-dum, you know, just I super dramatic. Yes. It reminded me of the Barber episode from Seinfeld. Actually, we're talking about Seinfeld. <laughs> a lot. It's Enzio, but you know, it, was, it, it had that quality of like way, way over the top operatic music. Um, I hated Dread's theme. It just seemed yeah. so like cheesy and uh and not, it felt like out of an old like 40s uh serial or something maybe know? maybe he was working on a different movie too that each, i think so each of the actors and nobody told him what the movie was about either i think nobody got guidance in, in any way and he's one of them so yeah i don't play i don't i'm sure it's not his fault i mean he's just another example of the director not doing his job and telling people what the movie is and how they should uh what their their input to the movie should be Agreed. So yeah, not not his fault, but I, I, think I it's didn't one know of the worst scores I've ever heard. I wow, that is that's really bad. Pretty harsh. I mean i I didn't notice it that much, but it, I agree with you that it wasn't good. Especially talk talking it out loud. Definitely not good. But I I wouldn't have guessed you would have said this is one of the worst that you've ever heard. Um, there's another moment like that too, where it just kind of blares in in a dramatic moment. You know, like when he burst, he blurts out it's a lie in the trial. There's another one later. What is it? I don't remember what, what the moment was. It might have been when him and Armando Scante are screaming at each other near the end. <laughs> you betrayed the law. Law! I think it might have been that. Where he goes, law! And then, da-da! Something like that. That is a great impersonation. Law! <laughs> I loved that. This movie, if this movie had only been two hours of Stallone and Armando Scante screaming at each other about the law, I would have been way into that. That scene, actually, you know, generally speaking, I think the movie kind of falls off a cliff and is not good. Like, the second half is not good. But when they have that confrontation, they're just like, you betrayed the law. <laughs> that's, that's the exchange I remember. You know what would be an interesting movie? Let's rewrite it. Let's have Judge Hershey or some other judge be on trial for a legitimate crime, but have the two of them <laughs> yes. running the tribunal. Yeah. That would be amazing. Dredd and Rico, attorneys at law. Yes. Yeah, 
Why do I, I envision? About, I didn't even I think envision of, Rico very much as Lionel Hutz too. Is he just makes it up as he goes along? Yeah, he'd be like. Uh, do you remember in Star Trek Six where where uh, um 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 he was he was in uh, Knives Out just last year? The old guy. Christopher, Christopher Plummer? Plummer yes. Christopher Plummer, okay. Christopher Plummer in Star Trek Six. remember, where he's like screaming at Kirk, and he's just like, oh. <laughs> he's like, don't wait for the translation, answer me now! I just remember, I, that, I imagine Rico that being would like be that. Rico, yes. Yeah, just screaming in the courtroom. It didn't occur to me until just now that Hershey's not an attorney, she's a judge. So you get to have a judge be your attorney. They're I, judge, I guess in a world where there jury, are no attorneys. executioner, police, judge. Yeah, there are attorneys? no attorneys. Cle- clearly there are no attorneys. I guess not. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. it's the it's the world that Lionel Hutz shuddered. <laughs> it's true. A world with no attorneys. Can you imagine a world with no attorneys? Uh, all right. So here's here's my next one. Recycled food is good for the environment and okay for you. <laughs> that made me laugh. That very much was Paul Verhoeven Robocop. Yeah. Very, very much. No, that that's Stephen E. D'Souza. That that fits his writing to a T. That's that's very funny. Did you happen to also notice though that the product placement for Coors was also very, very good for yeah. Coors? That's less funny and more uh, practical, I'm sure. Yes. Well, uh, um, can we talk about uh, this is as good a time as any to talk about the arrest of um, Rob Schneider and his offense of like hacking a droid or whatever. It's just that Coors droid where he's pretending yes. to be the droid. I actually kind of thought that was a little bit funny of him being like, please get out of the way of the droid. You know, he's pretending to be the, the droid. Yeah. Um, and droid arrests him for hacking the droid. And it's like six month sentence, but you've got priors. So you get five years. But And there's a little bit of ambiguity there. It's like, eh, maybe you shouldn't. He's just trying to survive or whatever. Um, oh, I think... Did he even hack this droid? He was just like... he He's just wearing he it. Was, right, he was. He was he just was, walking it through the hallway like a Flintstones car. You know? Like, <laughs> I like that idea. It didn't seem like he hacked it. So I, I agree with you, and I agree with Fergie's pleas that extenuating circumstances, and even Hershey, you know, tries to step in unsuccessfully. So I agree that the the crime... Yeah. I'm not sure a crime was committed. I think we're supposed to agree, too. As an audience, I think we're supposed to kind of be like... Because J- Dredd says something very like crazy where he goes like... Uh, I think Fergie's like, well, I could, what do you want me to do? Jump out the windows? Or, well, it would have been legal. You know? Yeah, that's... Suicide. Basically, it was like, yeah, suicide is not illegal. So yeah. you could do that. So it feels like this scene is from another draft where it was much more satirical. Like Everything about this scene, from the droid, you know, the, 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 it's, it's good okay for the environment for and okay for you, to Dredd's saying jump out the window would have been legal like there's a lot of there's satire there and the, the movie never follows up on it to say oh yeah dread was maybe over the line or maybe he goes too far in a lot of cases because he uh, just like learns to be more like happy right isn't that basically all it is for, for the most part i mean it does hershey does question it so that that is the one thing in the moment yeah yeah but that, does Dredd's point of view on the law change? Do we get any confirmation that later in the movie he's had a change of heart? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Uh, to the point he doesn't even want... He, he's a street judge, so in his view, I don't think he learned anything. <laughs> no, I don't think so. He's just going <laughs> right back out to do I what gotta he I got to get out there and you know, I, 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 I enjoy ex- some heads. Yeah, executing people is what I live for. <laughs> can't sit behind a desk and not execute people. <laughs> uh, when you really think about it, because that's what he'd be signing up for. No, yeah, totally. The best he can hope for is a tribunal when uh, another judge does something wrong. But even then, he just has to listen to lawyers. So he <laughs> right. still doesn't get to do what he wants no, to do. No, definitely not. All right. Uh, am, I, am I up next? Uh, I think I'm up. I, we, kinda, we talked about, the, I liked the, the effects 
looked like it was a Universal Studios ride, but I I didn't mention, and I I wonder because that whole sequence is the opening credits. I'll bet the the effects team was pissed about that. <laughs> you think about all the work you put into this whole special yes. effects sequence, and the credits are covering up all of it. What are you doing? I know. I mean, it really. I mean, Gianni Versace had to get his credits, so you know, big <laughs> bold letters. You spent like fifty thousand dollars on this shot, but. Versace <laughs> I, needs his credit. I need my name up there. Yeah. All right. Um, so I'm, I'm going to talk uh, the ABC Warrior, because that was the name of the, the bodyguard bot droid. Not bot, but, you know, robot. They call it a droid. They just flat out. I thought that Star I thought Lucasfilm had a copyright on the word droid, but apparently not. They just call it a droid. Well, can they? Know? I guess Spaceballs was a satire of it, so that's the reason why they, they, they were using droids in that, but... Do they call Dot Matrix? Oh, yeah. yeah she's a droid. droid. She's a droid. Okay. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's theoretically short, short for Android, so you could probably make a legal case of yeah. just, you can't copyright that, but whatever. All right. So when, when they're at Geiger's Bazaar, which to me was just a glorified pawn shop, uh, he says that you can have you know th- those, those ancient relics and remnants so long as they're non-functioning. I, I got to tell you, if all, Rico just goes in and can, reconnects one wire, if that's what makes it non-functioning by just <laughs> sure, disconnecting yeah. one wire, then that's kind of a toothless flaw. It is very clearly functioning. Yes. I mean... Uh, Literally, you just plug in one wire, he's booted right back up. Right. Yeah. Non-functioning does not mean unplugged. Yes. You know? Can I let... I got one more, too, on this. I want to talk about when he, he boots back up. Right. Did you happen to notice... So he goes through, like, a, se- a sequence of, you know, what's my role, bodyguard, you know, whatever. One of them, it sounded like... I, I The first one, he's... Status. But the way he says status, it's like was with an Irish accent. So <laughs> it for Status is the way... <laughs> sure. And so I'm like... It's not like you were doing Sean Connery right there. Status. That's what he... Ignores. He's on my mind. He just recently passed away. Passed away. Yeah. So maybe it was Scottish and not Irish, but it did not sound like any of the other words the way it's said. I didn't notice that. But, oh, um, man. I mean, there's such a filter on the voice. Maybe that's it's causing it to sound weird, but yeah. I, 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 I don't think it. it was intended, but I'm like, is this thing Irish? And that would have been fun. Like, give the droid some personality. Kind of just a big lunk-headed thing. I mean, it looks cool, but doesn't really do have much like memorable about it. All right. I want to talk about the fact that the movie does this a couple of times, but the one that bothered me the most is when it's the big reveal of Judge Dredd. There's the street wars happening. We need backup. And then you cut to, yeah, Dredd. The on, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Riding like, in a motorcycle. Hands up from the motorcycle wheel up to like, you know, I don't think you see his face initially, but, and you hear over the radio, we need backup. Someone get here to the corner of Abbott and Costello. So stupid. What is what is the tone of this movie? And it's it's during the reveal of Judge Red. It's like way to undercut your your title character. They shot it like it's a big reveal. It's like move that dialogue like three seconds later. Don't put it on the literal first shot of Judge Red. Abbott and Costello. I agree with you, but I so that it it makes it even worse having it on the entrance, which you know you've said in an action movie, the entrance of your hero is huge. So in, in a certain type of action movie, and this okay. is that type, yeah, yeah, for sure. So it undercuts that, and then it's just stupid anyway. So even <laughs> yes. even moving it three, you know, three ten seconds later, it's just a dumb joke. It is a very dumb joke. It, but if this movie had just been nothing but wall to wall dumb jokes, you know what I mean? If it had been that kind of movie, then fine. Like just totally not at all to be taken but seriously. It wasn't. Yeah, this movie does not know what it is. And literally every single moment. Is a, is a mistake. <laughs> Basically, it's like every every decision, every directing decision was a mistake. Uh, so that was that was me. What do you got? All right. So I have in this world, in the cursed Earth, 
Yes. Fraternal twins have the same DNA. Fraternal twins. <laughs> yeah. Hold I mean, on. they're clones, though, right? So they're they're constructed out of like other people's DNA or something. They're, they're frater- serpentor. They're <laughs> right. That's what they are. They're serpentor. Yeah. Except instead of all of the the world's most horrible people, well, it's, it's Max Vincidow and uh, Jurgen Prock now and a couple other people. Well, maybe Rico was serpentor. Sure. <laughs> Dread wasn't. But hold on. They so, have identical DNA because they use the DNA to frame Dredd. Because- I know, but that's my, that's my beef, is yeah. that if they were identical twins, I do think that, that DNA, the little bit that I read, identical twins have some of the same you know, DNA traits because they come from the same egg. Well, I think they have basically the same DNA. Yeah. I mean, fraternal twins do not. No. So it it makes no sense. Do they deliberately use the words fraternal twins? They don't, but they have to be because <laughs> they don't look like They it. don't look. They're not the <laughs> okay. same person. I was wondering if we were just supposed to buy... I cause, Because like I said, they've got Sloan in blue context. So I was like, are we supposed to just believe that they look alike? Right? Like They're played by different actors, but they're trying to make them look the same, but if, failing. If that's what they're trying to portray, it's... Doesn't work in the no. least. Do you think if they made this movie today, both parts would be the same actor? Oh, yeah. I think without a doubt. Yeah. I, I, it would have made more sense. If you were going to go down the path of the uh, the frame-up and the DNA, you'd have to. That said, I, I think that there's an easier way to frame Dredd. That's what's stupid, is I think you can write this in a different way and still frame him, but not have them have to be yeah twins. Oh, sure. With the same DNA. So, whatever. It would have been more interesting if they had tricked him into killing the guy or something, yeah, right? That's yes. There's a. I think that there's a, a, a there's, multitude of ways you could have. Instead of framing Dread, frame the reporter. He's committed a capital offense. He must be executed. Dread carries out the 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 capital offense, kills kills and the then guy. It's, uh, then it's revealed though that the the reporter true, was framed. So you, right? That you. That's a way better way. You to do you it. rushed to, you rushed to judgment before all the facts were in, and it it calls to attention the problem with this type of a system of yeah. you know literally summary execution. And, and you could have some backstory, right? That there was a you know fill in that Vardis, I think, is the name of the 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 journalist that you know. He spent and been obsessed with dr- maybe dread in particular. Right. So you you could have had it. Compo- oh, so there's there's it, history. Could be, it could look like there was some beef that he yeah. was just yeah he yeah. was looking for an excuse and then he rushed to judgment. All those things, whatever. Yeah. Way easier than there's a million ways that it could be more interesting than what yes. they do, and that you wouldn't have then had to have the same actor or use like you know Gemini Man or something of doing CGI whatever. Right. But what I wanted to get to, so not only is that DNA evidence there. It is so powerful that your lawyer just immediately yells, we have no case. In the middle of the trial. <laughs> that's, a, that's grounds for dis- being disbarred. I was going to say, Diane Lane, Hershey, if, you, if there was a career for lawyers, you have just been disbarred from life. <laughs> that was funny. one of the funniest moments to me. We have no case. That is really funny. Somehow it didn't strike me as funny watching the movie, but you're right. <laughs> I was <laughs> laughing out loud, and I know I wasn't supposed to. I think I was distracted by the score because it just it was so blaring that I didn't so notice her. I mean, yeah, I remember her saying, we have no case. She just yells out <laughs> during the trial, we have no case. Well, she's trying to cut you're her losses. You're definitely sunk if your attorney yells that out. I mean, that's basically, she's washing her hands of, of the, the I, this, this, this isn't on me. Yeah, this is not on me. You're, you're guilty because of stuff you did. I tried my best. But that is, what? yeah, we have no case. Why? Why? Yeah. I mean, honestly, 
to go back to the history, that would be like if those gloves fit when OG yes. Trauma, Johnny Cochran just yells, oh, we've got no case. <laughs> no, but in that case, it would be the prosecution. The gloves didn't fit. We've got no case. <laughs> like if Marcia yeah, Clark, Clark or Darden just, oh, crap, we've got no case. Right, just blurting it out in the middle of the trial. In the middle of the trial. <laughs> that is really funny. It was one of my favorite moments of the movie. <laughs> I know it wasn't supposed to, but it was. Why would he ever be friends with her or trust her again, I let know. alone kiss her at the end? I know. Yeah, that is great. If he wasn't sunk by the evidence, <laughs> he was sunk by his attorney for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Um, that might be a mistrial just because of a lack of, of maybe, quality. He's a right to an attorney. I was going to say, maybe that was the strategy. Right. My attorney was so incompetent, I need a new trial. Yeah, that's, I, I honestly think he probably deserved one. All right. All right. So I've, I wrote down all the times that Dredd listed out the, num, the, the offense. The, the, so I have all of the offenses that we know of Excellent. in uh, Mega City 1. So first is Mega City Municipal Code 213, Willful Destruction of Property. This is uh, James Remar we didn't talk about, but the, uh, the replacement Raiden in the second Mortal Kombat <laughs> James Remar. He's been in a lot of things. I'm sure you'd know him. He's yeah. The guy at the beginning. Yeah, you know yeah. that guy. Um, what else? He's, he's in the Warriors also. Um, so anyway, two, two years sentence for that, according to Dredd. Again, not sure how much leeway Dredd has if he's just deciding on the spot. I think you get two years for that. Eh. Um, Municipal Code 310, illegal possession of assault weapons, five-year sentence. Municipal Code 457, resisting arrest, 20 years. And then Code 3613, why is this one four digits? Uh, I guess uh, you'd think this would be like Code 1, first-degree murder of a street judge. That's Code six uh, 3613. You would think even in this world they would have, uh, again, you worked on Demolition Man. You would think the murder-death-kill, you would have Code 187. Yeah, 187. That, that wouldn't one, change. That seems like that should change even in the cursed Earth world. In a thousand years, yeah. It would still yes. be 187. Yes. Um, okay, and then when Fergie's uh, trying to imitate the droid, Mega City Municipal Code 7593. Oh, this one's four digits also. Willful sabotage of a public droid. Six month, but he it's because it's a repeat offense. Droid gives him five years. Um, then we kind of touched on the worst parallel Parker in the world who, uh, we don't get the number that the, or we don't get any details on this one. We don't know what the municipal code is that he's violating and we don't know the sentence because apparently the sentence is I'm going to blow up your car. It seemed like it was supposed to be like a tow truck or something was supposed to come to impound the car is what I think that the sentence was supposed to be. But Dredd just decided, no, this guy's mouthing off. I'm going to blow up your car. Yeah. It, well, You've been driving under the influence three times. I'm blowing up your car. But the blowing up the car, I'm not sure if it's clear if it's like, this is what I'm I am deciding. This is your sentence. It's like the, the, the dad who makes the kid smoke all the cigarettes. It's just like, I'm, I'm creating a crazy sentence for you because I decided you need to be taught a lesson. Um, or is he blowing up his car because the guy is talking back and saying, I've got powerful friends and whatever he says. And yeah. Dredd wants to show him that uh, I am the power. I am the law. law. Yeah, there's no, 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 one's, no one's more powerful than, than Judge Dredd. And then uh, there's one more. Uh, oh, and then City Municipal Code 4722, which he enforces when he's outside of the city and no longer a judge. And this is illegal, illegal use of city electricity. electricity. Which is the guy he fights outside of the city. He electrocutes him to death. Yes. Unclear if that's the actual sentence or just, def- you know, he's defending himself. <laughs> so those, the, the, those are the municipal codes we learn about. All right. Judge Dredd. Well, I, I, it's interesting. This is a good segue into my next one. I noticed the, so the 
allocation of resources in terms of judges is very interesting. So you've got, when we open up with Fergie and the block rights going down, two judges and eventually the backup is Judge Dredd. So you get a th- total of three judges. Right. So during the sequence of, we didn't touch on it too much, but there's a sequence of basically the chaos of being dr- judges being assassinated. Which oh, really, sure, yeah. Which when, is, when Rico kind of uh, gets involved. Unclear why his presence makes it that much worse. If it was chaos already, now Rico's here, so now all the judges are being killed. It's like, weren't these guys, weren't these creeps and thugs oh, no, trying I, to kill the judges already? No, that was all Rico. Rico was the one who was doing all of the ju- uh, He killed all the judges. Himself? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I know he killed some of them, but I, I thought, given the numbers that they were talking about, I thought that somehow he had created more chaos. Well, he might have created some more, maybe. And maybe it seemed like, oh, wow, you can actually take... But you've got one, there's a bomb that goes off inside the Halls of Justice. That's clearly Yeah, yeah, Rico. he did that. He's got it's the one... like hundreds of judges have been killed or something like that. Oh, it, it was. I have the number somewhere oh, okay. here. But all right. But I want to talk about the allocation of resources. So for, for the block right, you get two plus dread. Sure. A bank robbery. Well, Dredd's just hanging out around the corner. He doesn't show up to the initial call. He's got to wait for someone to call for backup. I'm just going to wait wait here. They don't need me. I'll wait until they, I know for sure they need me. But it's part of that assassination sequence. There's a bank robbery in place. It gets six judges deployed to the bank robbery. Oh, sure, of course. I mean, <laughs> another movie that had something to say would that would be more pointed of just like slums, three judges, Bank really two judges and Dredd just happened to be hanging right. around, so he decided to show up. Right, a bank robbery where unclear if people are actually being threatened with harm, and it turns out there was a bomb, so obviously it was a big deal. But versus literally just guns being fired indiscriminately in the streets, send two judges. You know, you got to protect that the the wealth. I'm, I'm sure there's probably some you know intent there. At least there was at some point in the screenplay that got lost along the way. Maybe. All right, well, what else have you got? I only got a couple more here. Um. Oh, so when the the brief period where Dredd is training these new recruits or whatever, um, he's supposed to be teaching them ethics, but he's just shooting guns. And complaining about bikes. Yeah, how they don't work very often. I mean, that's just set up for the dumb chase later. Yeah. Uh, do you notice how short all of the extras are that he's training? No, I didn't. They went out of their way because I think Judge Dredd is supposed to be like this gigantic seven foot tall dude, and so when he's training all these cadets, every single one of them five is, five. No, I think they are even like barely over five feet tall. Every, really, every single one of them. They're so tiny. Every men and women, they're all tiny, tiny. <laughs> that extras. is a good catch. I missed that. Uh, I I just noticed that I'm just like okay. They're really trying to make. They're they're doing their best. It didn't look like what they were trying to make it look like. It didn't look like. Judge Dredd is gigantic. Yeah, it just looks like they had they cast a bunch of very short people. All right, so I want to I want to touch on the the two things on the clones of of Rico that are supposed to be being made. Yes. First of all, what happened to them? By the way, we never touched on that. Well, yeah, okay. All right, so my first one is some. I think it's Rico says send in the clones, and I just thought, oh my <laughs> god, could that be an amazing musical version of Judge Dredd? Sure. <laughs> Send in the clones. Oh, I think that's a deliberate reference to send in the clowns. I mean, that, that's that's a joke. Armando Sante delivers it with such uh, like venom that it's not entirely clear that it's a joke. And then send in the clones. My next is unlike the sixth day, which at least the half finished or sixty whatever percent finished clones, sixty four percent, I think. These clones don't. Do anything. There's a brief moment where drawers open and like a couple of them lunge out, and that's it. It, it feels like a huge section of that ending got cut out. Because there's fighting in the clone room, 
and then suddenly they're up in the, the Statue, Statue of Liberty. Liberty. It's like, how did they get up there? What it happened to the clones? Have, it must, the clones must have looked terrible is probably what it was. I mean, they, the few shots you get, they looked pretty bad. I mean, not, it's a couple years before uh, the sixth day, and they looked better, or as good as the sixth day. You know, I mean, they were yeah, equally probably, they, goopy, and yeah. uh, it was basically the same. Maybe, maybe the sixth day said, that was a good idea. We're actually going to do what they said that they were going to do and sh- send in the clones. Yes, but as you recall, I was very disappointed that when uh, the goopy villain falls to his death, he doesn't explode in guts like uh, like in uh, like in RoboCop. Yes. It's a PG-13 movie. All right. I've, I've only got one more, so what have you got? Oh, I've got a bunch more. Right, I'll, 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 keep it, I'll keep them brief. I, I want to call out. First of all, one the one Armando Sante moments that I, w- I went, I want nothing but this performance. Just okay. make it about this character is when he's revived and he's talking to uh, Jurgen Prock now, and like he's like, I want fear, I want chaos, I want I want to reset the world in a new beginning. <laughs> and then Armando Sante is just like, you want? F- I'm gonna do my best. I'm not gonna even come close to fifty percent of it. He goes, you want fear? I am fear. You want chaos? I am chaos. You want a new beginning? And he smacks over, he knocks over a statue. I am the new beginning. The statue it's so, is ridiculous. It's so intense. Like, he is going to, you know, like, burst a brain vessel or something. Like, burst a blood scene. vessel. Yep. Oh, my God. It's impossible to, to describe. I've never seen a performance like this in any movie. It is crazy. He is easily the most fun part of this movie. He's great. I mean, uh, to this day, the thing I will take away from this movie, the, the the three seconds that I'll take away is Stallone going, "You betrayed the law," and him going, "Law," <laughs> derisively just saying "law." What else? Have Stallone, got? Stallone's sentence is four words long, and and Armando Sante stretches longer. his his one syllable word out eight times as long. You betrayed the law. law! <laughs> God, I loved that moment. Um, okay, I'm going to call out the very few times that Rob Schneider made me laugh. I'm going to give him Oh, this will credit. be great, because I don't think there's very many for me. They're not very many, but they're, it's a non-zero number. So when they're out in that wasteland and there's that fight scene, which is pointless, uh, I agree with you there. But uh, the guy is introducing his three sons who are like <clears throat> yeah. the whatever. Um, that guy's in Seinfeld the, also, right? The Angel family. Uh, I do think that guy was in Seinfeld. <laughs> I can't remember yesterday. who he was. But anyway, he's like... He's introducing his sons, and he's like, this is Link, my eldest, and just cut to <laughs> Rob Schneider. He goes, hi! And I don't know, something about just like the total lack of fear and just... Um, I don't think it's funny for the reasons that they intended, but like Rob Schneider is incapable of acting scared. He's just like, hi! Okay. Like, I think he's supposed to be like trying to be like ingratiating to let the, convince them to release him or whatever, yeah. but <laughs> just so, hi! Um, it made me laugh. Um, same scene a little bit later where it's revealed that they're cannibals and he has, I think, I think this is his funniest line in the movie where he goes, don't eat me, eat dread. He works out. <laughs> That's a funny line. It was, and it was pretty well delivered. Um, when he imitates Stallone and he goes, I am the law. And when they're in the, the transport, that's, that's a pretty good imitation of Sylvester It was Stallone. pretty good. Uh, and then, um, that's not one of his lines. Why did I put that here? I don't know. Oh, because that's the end. Those, that's three, ending. <laughs> I thought I had one more, but I don't. Three. Well, all right. My last one is actually from the ending. Okay. Do you have any more you want to cover? I don't want to, I don't want to cut you short. Uh, I've got other notes, but they're not right. that important. To, uh, we talked about the photo being ridiculous, the like, artificial it's a, pixels. It's a joke. Oh, one, one line that is very cringy where he goes, uh, they, they break in and he's got a... Dredd's trying to 
steal another uh, outfit, another uh, judge's outfit. And uh, Fergie's just like, you know, oh, this is like homophobic joke yeah. like, where it's like, what are you, what are you doing? We didn't have time for this. Like, that's. It's what, 1995, but I I hear it's you. It's stupid though because it's like you know what he why he's you know that's not why know. Yeah. he needs his armor back. Yeah. Why are you taking this man's armor and gun? I'm perplexed by this, and I'm going to make a, a because joke you need about to it. blend in. Yeah, it is. It's 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 so stupid. I, it's I had to call it out, but it, you know, I'm not. It's not surprising, you know, in in the mid 90s. But at the same time, it's not it's, like it's the most like offensive thing ever. But it's just like it's it's so stupid. It is because it is very clear. You know, why in any situation would you take somebody's clothes when you're trying to pose as that <laughs> right. person? We're infiltrating the halls of justice, and we we need uh, yeah, outfit right. to, to infiltrate. Yeah. Yeah, it's so dumb. Um, you said you have one more. Do you, you want to go last? I'll, I'll, I'm scrolling through. I got it. I don't need to go last. I just I've just you, got to, like certain lines that I want to call out. Where oh, when when Dredd and Rico are having that, having that conversation, and Rico says, "You didn't. You destroyed your life to embrace the law. I destroyed the law to embrace life." <laughs> what does that mean? It's meaningless. I, Literally meaningless. No, I think what he's saying is that he wanted to get out and enjoy what life is like, so he just destroyed the law. I guess. And did whatever he wanted. I guess that's that thing of them being the opposite, like yeah, the Joker and Batman. That's yeah. what they're going for. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Well, the line that I have to call it, it's the last, <laughs> I'll be the judge of that, and courts adjourned. <laughs> you want to talk about written for Arnold yes. and not delivered like Arnold in the least. There are a lot. I, I wish I had uh, written down all the one-liners. I didn't do that, but um, I wish I had, because there are a lot of one-liners. They're, they're all... They're, yeah, Arnold would have nailed both oh, of those. he would have knocked that one out of the yeah, park. courts adjourned. <laughs> Can you? I mean, honestly, I you, can. Can, you can envision McBain. I mean, yeah. McBain, courts adjourn. <laughs> no, beyond McBain, I can see Arnold not. McBain implies that it's like it, it would be silly, like, you know, the way that The Simpsons would make fun of Arnold. No, I think he would pull off. I think it would have been a cool could, line if he probably had, could. You know? I, you know I thought I'm he pulled thinking, off you know in the sixth I'm, day. I thought he pulled off. He's all, I'm all thumbs today. I, you know why I'm thinking McBain, though? It's because there's a similar line in, in McBain. Meeting. I'm thinking of holding another meeting in bed. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. The meeting, meeting adjourned. adjourned. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. But you're right. Arnold probably would have been able to pull off courts adjourned. I mean, there's a lot I'll, of like... He definitely would have been able to pull... I'll be the judge of that would have had me smiling yeah. ear to ear from Arnold. That's a much better catchphrase. They're, they're trying to work this catchphrase in where he's like... Oh, I, I knew he'd say that. I knew he was so say that. stupid. I'll be the judge of that. It was, it's so much better. <laughs> it's on the nose, but it is actually really fun. It's way better. He should have said that eight times instead of, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to say that. And I'll be the judge of that. Is talking, so this, talking this through is that... The two Stallone movies of this era from the future have two phrases that my mom would always say. One is, I'll be the judge of that, she would say. Okay. But I, I don't know if we discussed it on Demolition Man. It's been such a long time. But my mom would say, is it cold in here or is it just me so much that I <laughs> always think of her when I watched Wesley Snipes and Demolition Man. Sure. And it's right at the beginning, too. Well, she... she uh... <laughs> I guess that maybe that explains maybe she, your your. It might be why I like yeah, enjoy demolition man. All, All right, what other lines you want to call out? I think basically got. Oh, the last one I want to call out is I'm pretty sure that Rob Schneider does not know how to pronounce adieu or what even it means because he doesn't say adieu. He says add you asshole. <laughs> like like add you. Not, yeah, but I don't remember when is it. Is it during the bike sequence? I think he uses the 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 droid to like punch. 
somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember who it was. He's, like, controlling him, hanging out of the back with, like, twisting wires, and he goes, add you, asshole. Yeah, but it, it's uh, to break up uh, Rico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I don't remember if he gets stabbed. I forget how Schneider gets knocked out. I think he gets... If we get shot. Yeah, maybe it is. I think the, the that that uh, robot has a gun, doesn't it? And shoots him or something? I don't know. I don't remember. He gets shot. He's also very bad at acting like he's in pain. <laughs> he's over there like half dying, and he's just like, burr, burr, burr. I'm Fergie. I'm going to lie here. Add you, asshole. <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> you ready for the devil's advocate? Sure, let's do it. Uh, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, and I'm going <laughs> to answer it immediately. Do, do, do. Burm, burm. Was that the Jeopardy theme? That was the second half. I just I didn't do the first half. Okay. I'm I'm really uh, along, yeah. along with by the way, I guess I'll call attention to we lost Sean Carter, we lost Alex Trebek yeah. as well very recently. This is so a, pretty this is, sad. This is sad. It's it's a this is the wrong episode to lose the soundboard because uh, yeah, didn't get our Alex Trebek uh, Jeopardy uh, sound in there in in his honor. Yes. Well, Devil's Advocate. This is the segment of the show where we ask each other questions that we came up with while watching the movie. All right, you want to lead us off? Uh, I don't think I'm gonna have much. I think we I, we inevitably had to talk about a lot of my the, the things that I was confused about. I All talked right. about Hershey and uh, why why is Hershey being his attorney and why is he getting a trial and everybody else just because there's those like guys in like dark helmets that I guess are like internal affairs judges or something they show up to arrest Dread and it's like why didn't they just uh, summarily execute him I like the idea that they're internal affairs who, who are they they're, they're dressed differently they're not dressed like all the other judges they're the Imperial Guard I guess. But who do they? I guess I don't know who they answer to. Maybe they're not judges. Maybe they don't have the authority to. I don't to I, carry out sentencing. They can just like detain. I, I don't think that. Yeah, something. I don't think they're judges. I think they are um, security guards. Is basically what they are. Yeah. All right. So my first one actually comes from the the very opening. So you get the uh, sequence where the 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 inmates are going to get on a taxi cab after in, into a taxi cab to go you know back into Mega City One. Right. In the background, the landing pad looks like it is being swept with a backpack vacuum. And so my question is, if that's if it's correct and it's a vacuum that's being swept up, what is the point of that job? Can there not be like is there can there not be debris and things on the landing pad for these flying cars? I guess not. I didn't notice it, so I can't I'm not even sure what so the guy a guy is vacuuming a landing pad. Yes. Okay. All right, don't worry about it. Then. Uh, well, no, I mean, if it's like jets or something, I'm not sure. How to, I'm imagining, I'm imagining real helipads, and they're generally pretty clean. So you probably don't want debris around. Is it outside the walls or is it inside the walls? It's oh. inside because it's inside the city because okay. they're getting in a cab to then take off. That's right. Well, you know, maybe it's just this is uh, the trains are running on time and the, the helipads are being vacuumed. Maybe, maybe <laughs> you might be. You just need to give jobs out to people, so sometimes sure. you give busy work. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's cronyism. It's just like this guy's <laughs> guy's probably making. You know that that guy lives in the paradise uh, with the pool. It, he probably he probably does. He probably lives a sweet life. He's got connections, uh, and he's got, or it's like uh, 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 in the wire, where it's like you don't have to show up for job. Just, we'll put you on the payroll, or oh yeah, it's like no, the, the Sopranos, Sopranos. That's the no show. Yeah, how, how many no shows we got on yeah, this yeah, one? Okay. okay, my question for you is something I another trend that I'm noticing with Stallone's movies. I counted the number of movies where Sylvester Stallone is wrongfully accused of a crime and either imprisoned or just generally wrongfully uh, unfairly disgraced. If you had to guess so far how many oh, uh, how, how many movies we've covered, and, and if you'd like to try to name them, including Judge Dredd, obviously. All right, let me see if I can try and... Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. All right, start at the beginning. The first one we did, Demolition Man. 
Correct. Um, Keep in mind, wrongfully accused. So I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you right now that uh, um, lockup. He did the thing. So like, I'm, I'm not touched talking about. We've, yeah. we've talked in the past about how there's a lot of prison movies. I'm saying wrongfully. Uh, he's wrongfully an innocent accused, man, yeah. wrongfully accused or disgraced. All right, uh, Demolition Man. Yes. Uh, is, is was it escape to victory or just victory? Uh, well, both, but um, he's a prisoner of war there, so I don't know if they're... That's, that's wrongfully accused, <laughs> right? Wrongfully accused of being an enemy combatant. All right, maybe not. <laughs> I didn't count that. Hey, we can count it, so let's no, one, add fine. one more. All right, so escape plan. Uh, yes. I, I guess escape plan two. Yes. Uh, Judge Dredd. Yes. Not in the rubber band, man. What am I... There's, there's, uh, bullet not necessarily in prison, I'm just saying... Accused or yeah, disgraced. No, I'm, I'm trying to think. Not, not bullet to the head. All right. What else? What am I missing? Uh, you are missing Tango and Cash. Oh. Cash and Tango, Tango and Cash. <laughs> You're missing First Blood. Oh, yeah. He just he just wanted to get some meat. It's, yeah. I mean, he's wrongfully accused of uh, And he's being, put in jail. Yeah, totally. You're missing Spy Kids 3. <laughs> <laughs> is he wrongfully accused? I think that's the implication. He's imprisoned unfairly because Ricardo Montalban says so he shouldn't have done it or something. Okay, right. maybe maybe that one shouldn't count. Fine. No, I'll give you that and one. And also, I see you, sort of, where he is accused of killing the villain, and uh, which leads him to drink or whatever. I guess. Is he accused of it? I mean, I, I get you. That the guy didn't actually die. He didn't do what he... He thought he did. Yeah, fair enough. All right, that's that is a, a lot. lot. It's a it's a theme, and I think in in because he wants to be the hero. He you, does. Yeah, hit, hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. All right, so we get that Judge Fargo has been a judge since his early teens. Yes. Are there no <laughs> it early teens? I think so. Hold on. <laughs> well, no, it says teens. So okay. even if it's eighteen or nineteen, sure. Max Van Sydow is a pretty old guy. Yeah. There are, are there just no term limits whatsoever. I guess not. There's no oversight about anything, so why would there be? <laughs> you do have... I thought... It's a very simple system. <laughs> You're right. The system is designed to be as simple and streamlined as possible. So yeah, of course. It's, a, it's amazing that there are 3,000 or whatever municipal codes, because you'd think it would be like 20. <laughs> and all of them are punishable by death. Yes. Um, no, very clearly. I mean, I don't know why he uh, gave in and let himself take the long walk when... Uh, <laughs> Nope. He should just be able to rewrite the rules however he wants. Yeah, I mean, because they were <clears throat> they were nervous about the 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 project getting out, and so he's just like, what? "It's just you and Jurgen Prock now. Like, he, who else is gonna right? Who's hang on to, to the journalist is dead? Yeah. Well, I mean, Supreme Court justices are for life. That's basically the same thing. I guess you're right. Uh, yeah. so yeah, so the, during that fight out in the wastelands, the guy that Stallone fights with the dial on his head. He's got a yes. dial on his head for some reason. Not even clear what it does, really. He's he's um, he's he's Bane from Batman and Robin, basically. Um, but the guy goes, he's swinging a pipe. Stallone's swinging a pipe, and he's like, "Strike one, strike two, <laughs> strike three, you're outlaw, man!" And then something I don't know. He electrocutes him. Um, they still have baseball in the 30th century. Oh, the, and where would you play in the third the millennium? Cursed Earth. Right. Where, there's no fields. There's no space. Play like baseball. I think that is a very fair point. I can't answer that one. Okay. Other than maybe he's just a history buff and he knew about baseball from from history. See, they could have done something where it's like, oh, out in the wastes we have no law, but we still have baseball. Like you know, it's almost like uh, they still have, they have burgers underground in Demolition Man. This could have been the burgers of the wasteland. It could be, but that that At was least a we rat, still have baseball. It was a rat burger. It was. All right. It was still um, delicious though. 
According to, according to John Spartan, it was delicious. All right, so I have a question to you, and this goes back actually to the, the cannibals. So how many prisoners and guards had already been processed by the time Dredd Dred and Fergie yeah. wake up? I mean, there's what? There's like 40 people in that transport, right? Yeah, and then I, I got a follow-up question. So when the Imperial Guard or whoever they are go and check and say, oh, Dredd isn't there. Yeah. There were other bodies there, including the pilot who was still alive, who they, they didn't kill. Yeah. If they're cannibals, why did they leave those bodies behind? Why wouldn't they take everybody? That's a good question. Did the cannibals... There were other bodies, because they have one guy... Well, yeah, that... I know there are other bodies, but did, did the cannibals make it all the way to their... Like, did they capture... I don't remember the sequence of events. Did they capture Fergie and Dredd in, in the transport, or did Fergie and Dredd walk away and then get captured later? I took it as no, that they, they got him out of the transport, because there were other bodies that they were processing. There was one guy, body like on a, like a pig, yeah, on a yeah, spigot. Yeah. So I took it as that they, they took a bunch of bodies from the transport. In the movie, was it, okay, the thing gets shot cut, down, cut, cut to them waking up in cut, the prisoners? Yeah, that's okay. the problem, is it cuts to that. You don't see yeah. what might have happened. No, totally. I, I, I agree. Um, it's almost like this movie wasn't thought through. <laughs> Uh, okay. I, I want to get into the cloning and all the cloning of it all. We, already, we touched on a lot of the, the stuff and the DNA and why, how could they have the same DNA and look different? My question is, and it's related to that fake photo, is does Dredd have fake memories or did they, like, raise him? Did those actors raise him, right? Pretending to be his parents. That or, is a know, good or, question. Or whatever. See, I, I took it as that basically he was raised to be a judge so that he... he oh, that's definitely true. Right. So my point is I, I don't think he knew... No, the actors did not raise him. He, he was basically raised within the halls of justice. Right. And, you know, Mac, uh, Judge Fargo and whoever else. So no, I, I think that that literally was just a faked picture. That we never saw his parents. He has the picture at saying, "Oh, I've as if he has memories of his childhood, right?" See, no, but he, he no, I don't think he has it of his childhood, but he has it. These were my parents because look, I'm a baby here, and they gave me this picture. Oh, so he believes that uh, he has his they, photo, but he they made up, cooked up some story of you know his parents died or whatever. Okay, okay, okay. Is is what I I would uh, yeah. I assumed happened? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So I wasn't sure what, what the story was. Okay, all right, so. You know what? This is gonna be. I'm gonna make my last. This is my last question. What, what else have you got? Because some of these other ones on here we've already covered. Yeah, we've covered a lot of the stuff I, I have here. Uh, I got an important one. I got an important question about Associate Justice Griffin. I finally have his his name. Okay, wait. I mean, if if you've got an important important one, let me see if I have anything frivolous so we can get out of the way before right. you get to your important one. Um. Oh well, related to the DNA. Okay, they were created out of composite DNA. Theoretically, they have the same DNA, Rico and, yes. and Dredd. We, not, we'll just assume it. We'll just for... assume it. But then when Rico's going to bring about, like, oh, all these clones, we can grow them in 48 hours, and I'll have an army of clones that, are, that will be at my disposal. And then Jurgen Prochna freaks out, like, you've replaced the DNA with your own. Isn't that the same DNA that was already in the system that cloned the two of them? How, how, what's different? <laughs> I think so. Even if you assume that they have the same DNA, what is replacing the existing DNA with Rico is going to change? It's the same DNA, isn't it? This isn't just on file? I think so. I didn't understand that either. I, I don't have an answer because I think you're right. Like, oh, no, an army of Ricos. It's like, wouldn't it already be an army of Ricos? No matter, or maybe they'd be, have like slight variations of... of I think they'd know. have slight variations, but I don't think it's enough to say, oh, this is this is a disaster. <laughs> okay, kinda, I guess so. It's kind of close to what you were already doing. It's kind of like you're, you're, you're 
you're waiting the dice there. It's like, there might be some variations, but they're going to be more on the Rico side. Okay. I guess. Maybe I can buy that. All right. So I have a question about Griffin. All right. So even if his plan is successful and he's able to remake Mega City 1, what's his plan? How is he going to roll this out to all the other Mega Cities? If, oh, I don't think he cares. He he's. I think I think if, the sense I get is that these cities are totally independent of each other. So you you think that there is a you know a supreme yeah I justice so. Fargo you know there's a supreme justice Lundegaard over in L.A. <laughs> yes, Supreme Justice Big Lebowski. <laughs> there uh, you go, Supreme <laughs> Justice Lebowski. Yeah. That's what it is in L.A. Of course it of is. Of course, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. All he, right. He's so you're from Malibu. So. <laughs> Uh, Stay out of Malibu. But for all we know, there are no the, the system is totally different in Mega City too. There are no judges. You know, maybe, maybe it's the opposite. I, I, yeah, you're probably right. Is that they are? It's a it's a city unto itself, and whatever. Seems like there'd be any way to like communicate. There's no like infrastructure. Oh, there has to be because they transport the prisoners out to Aspen. Do they literally mean Aspen, Colorado? Yes, because you're going to freeze your ass off in Aspen. That's what Rico says. Oh, I just assumed it was a, a prison that called Aspen Prison that was no. probably like an upstate New York or something. No, I, okay. I think they were flying them out to Colorado from New York. Oh, that's ridiculous then. I didn't know that's how that worked. Yes, that is how it worked. Well, it's lucky that they got shot down within walking distance of Mega City 1 then and not like over Kansas. Or over Chicago. Sure. Okay. You're right, because then Chief Justice Fargo was not going to make the walk to Chicago. No. It's a good thing literally the cannibals have to be like 15 minutes outside Mega City limits. Right. They could have gotten sniped by like guards from the walls. They were so close. And you'd think, too, that they probably have shot down these transports before. Wouldn't you think that... It- at some point, they would send somebody out to go kill those guys. I would, yeah. Well, I would say maybe this is the scam: is they don't care what happens to these prisoners. Oh, you're sentenced to three years prison. We don't actually intend you to serve your time. We just want these guys to shoot you down. It's like the Running Man, where oh yes, yeah, see, here's here's last yeah. season's winners. Exactly. But Fergie served his time and came back, so we know that prisoners actually do go to prison. It's not like this is the thing of the, uh, right. There's it's no not real just prison a big scam, right? Yeah. That that might have been interesting. I'm just like, well, just whatever. Just send them out and let them get killed by by you know cannibals. All right, I, I'll buy though that the the cities, even though the prison is in Aspen, and I'm going to guess that prisoners from L.A. probably go to that Aspen prison too. Maybe I'm going to say that would make more sense. I'm going to buy though your argument that he doesn't need a plan for Mega City Two because all he needs to do is. Keep Mega City One under his under Griffin's control the way he wants. Yeah, well, because it's not like there's any kind of conference call with Mega City Two. Like you know, oh, the elders, the the judges, in Mega City Two need to have a say in whether we need to release, you know, uh, Rico's uh, give him the power to clone. Like, yeah, there's no sense that no. Mega City Two has any You're say right. in the matter. That's so. fair. All right, I, I imagine that they're totally a separate thing. All right. Um, okay, so we're done with questions. That's all I had. You got anything else? No. All right. Let's move on to Silk Cozart. Yes. Uh, both of y'all. Both of y'all. Go back to SeaWorld. <laughs> You're not going to try to do the no, dial-up no, modem? No, not at the same time. Okay. Be quite a few. I'm not, I'm not that good at being Michael Winslow. <clears throat> um, so the, the new gimmick is you need to guess whether or not I did it. Yes. Well, based on your earlier comments, I'm going to guess yes, you did it. Correct. Yes. I, g- right. I gave away the game this time. You've, gu- you've, guessed, guessed, you've guessed yes every time, so... Uh, that's probably I'll, the wrong strategy. If, if you had not <laughs> given it away, I probably would have said no on this one. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes, I wanted to dig into the filmography of Rob Schneider, so let's torture ourselves with that. Oh, man. <laughs> I wish this would have been a no. 
<laughs> well, I, I kind of... What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> well, I mean, look, we're already... Uh, we're, we're neck deep in it, so let's just go... Let's submerge ourselves all the way. You can do it! So, uh, yes, there's a lot of you can do it in this uh, filmography. So, I wanted to look at... I, I, I was trying to figure out if there's a way to find out, is Rob Schneider cumulatively on Rotten Tomatoes the worst-reviewed <laughs> actor of all time? Oh, <laughs> I wasn't. I, I couldn't figure out a good way to do that because there's no like filters or anything like that. I'm sure there's, there's like someone could take raw data and do some crunch some numbers. Uh, that that would be a nice little tool though within Rotten Tomatoes to have a filter like it that. It would be yes. But what I ended up doing is I looked at his filmography and I, I kind of decided Rob Schneider has had three different phases of his career, and I want to break them down right now and go over the Rotten Tomatoes. I, I can't believe there's a phase I, I, of Rob I think Schneider's are, career. I think there are three distinct phases of Rob Schneider's career, and I think we'll, we'll break them down right now. There are 42 movies. Let's go over the 42 42 movies? movies? 42 movies that he's been in. Oh, dear I'll, God. I'll blast through these. So I kind of broke them down into three periods of his career, and then I broke them down. Then Is it a starring role? Is it a supporting role? Is it an Adam Sandler-produced movie? <laughs> is it an Adam Sandler-starring movie? And those are sort of our, our buckets. Okay. Um, so anyway, maybe going through these one by one is, is not the, the thing to do. But um, so, so basically the, the first phase of his career is... Let's hit the highlights of each phase for sure. All right, sure. So, so his first movie, I'll just, since it's his first movie, it's a movie called Martians Go Home with an exclamation point. He plays the part of Voyeur Martian, which is pretty much exactly what you'd expect from a Rob Schneider role. Voyeur yeah. Mor- Martian. Not enough critic score. Only two reviews, both uh, rotten. What year? 1990. Okay. Uh, and uh, so this first phase, every single one of these, it's 13 movies. All of them are supporting roles. None of them were produced or starring Adam Sandler. So this is the pre-Sandler. It's much like the pre-Rocky period for Stallone. This is the pre-Sandler period <laughs> okay. for Rob Schneider. So the Necessary Roughness is his second movie. Um, I actually liked him in Necessary Roughness. He's fine. Um, he, it's the right role for him. Yeah, He's separate enough. He never inter- interacts with any other characters. So if you want to remove him, you can very easily do so. Um, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Surf Ninjas, Demolition Man. Surf Ninjas. Uh, I, that movie has a... a I'll call that out as an audience score of 68%. So really? It's higher than Demolition Man's audience score of 66%. So Surf Ninjas has a following. Clearly. Um, yeah, I won't list every single number. But uh, okay, next is Beverly Hillbillies, then Judge Dredd, Down Periscope. The, <laughs> um, I actually remember kind of finding that movie funny, but I'm sure it does not hold up. Uh, the Adventures of Pinocchio, which is a live-action retelling of Pinocchio. Really? Not yeah. Disney. It's, I think, a re- a, 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 from the original, whatever, like Grimm's Tale or whatever. A movie called Knock Off. A movie called Susan's Plan. And uh, that's the end of his, his, this phase of his career. His career was waning, and he decided, hey, I was on Saturday Night Live with Adam Sandler, who's white hot. Yeah, well, this, I think this is, most of those were while he was still on Saturday Night Live, like filming over the summer. So... Again, all 11 are supporting roles, nothing related to Sandler. Average critic score of 26.1% Rotten Tomatoes. And that's with two in the 60s? But, well, the, the 60s were an audience score. He didn't have anything. In, I think the highest critic score was Demolition Man at, at 60 okay. on the nose. Okay. Um, otherwise, those were audience scores. Surf Ninjas did not have a critic score of 60 <laughs> Thank you, I would imagine. The average audience score is 41.3% in the, this phase of his career. Okay. All right, next is uh, the... 
Adams the the like highlights the peak of uh, his career where he got like a couple of starring roles and I don't know why. So we're starting with the Water Boy, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Gigolo, his first starring role, Big Daddy. Obviously, all three of those were were Sandler associated. Muppets from Space, which is not Sandler related. That's my least favorite Muppet movie, not related to him, but doesn't help. Little Nicky. Oh, that's so bad. Uh, yes, it is. That's the one. The, the whole thing is a commercial for Popeye's Chicken. Um, oh, that so that's most of Sandler's movies, as we've discussed with about Dunkachino. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think Rob Schneider's in that one. <laughs> Whatever that movie's called. God, the fact that you introduced me to that. <laughs> You're genuinely. I think people need to understand how genuinely angry angry you are about the existence of Dunkachino. <laughs> I follow a Twitter account called Daily Dunkachino, where it's like <laughs> people remixing that clip and. It's frequently not good, but sometimes it's very good. Okay. Um, the animal. Where That's the one I'm thinking of. Is, uh, that just looked. That I, I've never seen. Obviously, why the, would the you? trailer looked atrocious? You'd be surprised to know. Critics score on Rotten Tomatoes thirty percent, <laughs> way higher than I would expect. Uh, Mr. Deeds, the hot chick. Remember oh, that one? Yes, Re- I the do. body swapping movie. Dumb. I mean, boy. I'm sure these movies, like a movie like The Hot Chick, I'm sure it's handled tastefully and respectfully by by Rob Schneider and producer Adam Sandler. Um, 51st Dates, that might be Dunkachino. I'm not sure. I forget which movie Dunkachino was in. No, 51st Dates actually is not a bad movie. I, I don't remember him being in it. That's uh, with Drew Barrymore. Yeah. That, that I've actually, never seen it, but yeah. No, that's actually a decent movie. Critics score 45%, audience 65%, so on the higher end of this. Yeah. Uh, he's in Around the World in 80 Days, which also features Arnold Schwarzenegger. We may have to cover that. We may point. need to cover that now. He plays the part of Hobo. That seems appropriate. Uh, he's in The Longest Yard. And then Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. Uh, I didn't I didn't properly notate where this period ends. Okay, it's still going. Grandma's Boy. Sandler produced that. The Benchwarmers. Click. Little Man, which is a Wayans Brothers movie, which looked terrible. It's, it's uh, Marlon Wayans as like a child. I, I think those are synonymous. Waylon, Waylon's Brothers movies are terrible. Uh, like some of the early ones are okay. I'm going to get you suck as funny, but yeah, as they went on. Uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Big Stan, which is a movie that he directed, apparently. I don't know what it is. Um, I, I honestly can't believe he's involved in this many movies. And that's the end of that phase of his career. Okay, so I'm going to guess that phase was similar to the previous phase. Uh, in terms of critics, average critic score in Run Tomatoes, yes. I want to break it down by, by category. So non-Sandler supporting roles, average 35.7% critics, 49% audience. He had one starring role that was not related to Adam Sandler. It's the one he directed. How he got the money for that, I don't know. That movie got an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes, critic, critically. Audience score of 44%. You gotta be working to get into... <laughs> oh, we're gonna get into some zeros in a minute. This, this, keep in mind, this is the peak of his career. It, it goes down from here. <laughs> he is in one Adam Sandler-produced supporting role where Adam Sandler's not in it. That movie got an average. Wait a minute, just think about that. You just said this is the peak, and you're at an eleven percent. Well, that was his one starring role that Adam Sandler didn't produce. So I'm, I'm breaking down these categories. We'll get to the total averages. So, um, okay, Sandler produced movies that he starred in, like The Hot Chick and The Animal and such, 
Average critic rating of 21.4%. That's five movies, 21.4%. Average audience uh, rating of 45.2%. And then he was in eight movies that star Adam Sandler. Average critic rating of 30.4%. Audience rating 65.3%. Adam Sandler is still very popular. Apparently so, yeah. Um, and that has little Nicky in there. Oh, God. Yeah, yes, it does. <laughs> I think that, that one had an audience score of like 40%. That's it should. one of the lower ones. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It really is that bad. I totally agree. And it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I and that's not, honestly, that's not hyperbole. It really is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And the Popeye's Chicken, you're not joking. It really is. I mean, every one of his movies is that. I mean, it's, it's not even like... I mean, that was when they stopped hiding it. What was that uh, the movie, Mr. Deeds, where he's rich or whatever? And then, like, there's a scene where they're flying... Like, they're on our way to, like, another scene. We, we gotta stop, we gotta stop, stop. and get... What is it, Wendy's or something? I think it is. And then they just... There's a scene where they're eating Wendy's and talking about how delicious it is. I mean, it's so <laughs> bald-faced. It's crazy that people don't, like, immediately <laughs> respond with revulsion, which is how I respond to that stuff. You know, uh, product placement is one thing. Like, fine, sneak it in. You gotta pay, you know, gotta for pay the movie. bills. I, I get it, but when the whole movie literally... I mean, they've made their money before the movie even comes out. Um, I mean, that's literally a scam. All right, then the, the, the downward slide, if you can believe it. It's, it is hard to believe that it could get worse. So here is the rest. So this is starting in 2008. This is the remainder of uh, Rob Schneider's career. American Crude. These are going to be movies we've never, never, never heard of. Zero critics uh, reviews. No one. Uh, okay, average. I'm, I'm going to go through the uh, the one by one now because it's remarkable. Audience score average of 13. percent Oh man, you don't mess with the Zohan. He had a supporting role apparently. <sighs> critics score 38. percent Audience score 45. percent Again, I, it's an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, I do know that movie. And ugh. another Adam Sandler movie, Bedtime Stories. Critics 27. percent Audience 55. percent Wild Cherry. I don't know what this is. It's not a Sandler movie. Only one review. It was negative, but that doesn't. That's not enough to. It's an NA yeah. uh, 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 percentage. Audience score eighteen oh, percent. Just the idea that in aggregate, how, you know, <laughs> the only people who are going to go review it, you would think, are the people who like it, who are you think enough of it. It could be, but it also could be, you know, people hate watching stuff. Okay, this is 2009. He made two movies. One's called Wild Cherry, and the other one's called American Virgin. I have a, I have a suspicion that Wild Cherry is also about a similar topic. I have a feeling. I think this is just the kind of movie that he's into. Um, critics scored only f- four reviews, all negative, but <laughs> you need five to get a percentage. Audience score, 15%. <laughs> oh, yeah. 2010, Grown Ups. Critics score, 11%. This is a Sandler movie. Audience score, 62%. I just think, because that movie actually did pretty well. Yeah. People like Adam Sandler. I mean, the critics don't, clearly. Uh, he directed a second movie called The Chosen One. Don't know what it's about. Only one review. It was negative. Audience score, 22%. You May Not Kiss the Bride is the name of some movie that he's in. He plays a character called Ernesto. Critics score, 0%. There are like 18 <laughs> reviews. Every single one was negative. Audience score, 23%. This is non-Sandler. The Ridiculous Six. This is when the Netflix kicks yeah. in. Critic score, 0%. <laughs> Audience score, 34%. <laughs> so that's people finally turned on an Adam Sandler movie where audience score is 34%. Sandy Wexler is a movie. I don't know. Uh, oh, this is an Adam Sandler movie. This is one of those Netflix Adam Sandler movies. I had never heard of it. 
That's how, that's how far Adam Sandler's fallen. I've never heard of this movie. Critics score 27%. Audience score 39%. <laughs> Sounds like a smash hit compared to the other yeah, ones. Compared, well, actually, he had a very good 2020 because he he's made two movies in 2020. Um, I mean, in a, in a year where there are no theaters and movies in theaters, someone deals like with Netflix. <laughs> yes, exactly. Someone very like, lucrative. Someone like Rob Schneider ri- rises to the top. The scum rises to the top. Um, <laughs> oh, a movie called The Wrong Missy. Critics score thirty three percent. Audience score fifty one percent. And then Hubie Halloween. The yeah, I saw that was posted. I did not watch it. I haven't watched it either. Critics gave it fifty one percent. Actually, that's probably the highest. Wow. Yeah. And audience gave it forty six percent. So maybe the only time that audiences disliked a movie more than the critics. Wow. Although I'm sure part of that is just the the, the caliber of critics who are reviewing Netflix movies. Yeah. Just like some guy on a website. So in this period, two thousand eight to present, two non Sandler supporting roles, average of zero percent critics. <laughs> Both movies had a zero percent audience score, average of twenty eight point five percent. Yet two starring roles that are not Sandler, neither of them got enough reviews to even warrant a critical rating. Average audience score of seventeen point five percent. And then he's in. You one- honestly have to be trying. I mean, you actually have to be trying to do that poorly. I mean, you have to literally not be capable of making a good movie. Yeah, like there's just literally nothing there to draw from. So anyway, so all that said, the overall of all of his entire filmography, his career. Average critic score of 24.8%. <laughs> Average audience score of 46.1%. And that's being dragged up like 15 points by Adam Sandler. Two movies. I've already given away one of these. Only two movies out of 42 were certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes by critics. The cutoff is 60% to be certified fresh. Oh, man. And I forgot the one that you gave away. I already gave you one. What was the one that you gave away? Well, now I can't tell you. Now I want you to guess. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you. It's uh, the one I gave you is Demolition Man. Oh yeah, I should have remembered Demolition. Yeah. All right, Demolition Man. I was surprised this got a positive critic score. This was certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. <sighs> I'm gonna guess it's a Sandler movie. That's uh, incorrect. Really? Not one Adam Sandler movie that uh, Rob Schneider's appeared in is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. <sighs> I'll just tell you. I, just, I, I shouldn't expect you to be to remember, even though we just went through them. We're talking about Rob Schneider's career. Yeah, all right. Asking you it? to answer this question. It was Muppets from Space. Muppets from Space got a certified fresh? Yeah. That had to be just goodwill from the Muppets. Yeah, probably, yeah. That's, that's not a good I, Muppet. I, what it probably was is that critics didn't want to badmouth the Muppets. That's probably, that's probably true, yeah. They're worried about Muppet backlash. That, I mean, honestly, there's like certain, yeah. you know, there's... There's some things you just don't criticize. I don't remember Rob Schneider being in Muppets from Space. I don't. I don't even remember. I, I think I listed the the, the part. Was it better or worse than Leprechaun in Space? I don't think I've ever seen Leprechaun in Space. It's okay. probably. I mean, I like the Muppets, but you shouldn't. I like Gonzo. Don't build a whole movie around Gonzo. He cannot support a movie. He is. He is very much a good in small doses. Also, don't ruin the mystery. Gonzo is the the joke of Gonzo is what the hell is he? Right? That's part of the joke. And to reveal he's from space. That's the joke. It ruins Gonzo. Yeah, I don't I agree. He's not from space. Not, not, hashtag leave, not my Gonzo. Leave, Gonzo's not from space. Leave it to your imagination. Yes, it's way better. Anyway. All so, right. So that was the Silk Cozart corner of yep. the history of Rob Schneider's career. A, a thorough and exhaustive history. So let's move on to the body count. 
this movie we only killed 48 people compared to the last one we killed 119. Uh, I yes. guarantee you the, those are the numbers that he says because I've listened to that clip so, so many, many times. times. 48 people versus 119. All right, yeah, this is the segment of the show where we determine the body count, really the reason why we're here. Yeah. All right. Did you uh, take a crack at this? I've got my So numbers. I did. So I here's what I got. I had 23 total for Dread. Oh, we're off. Oh, man. All right. And I had 67 in total. I had 67 exactly for the total. But I, How do I have Dreads wrong? Have, right, what do you have? I have 20. I wonder really? what the three would be. That would be do you different. have a breakdown in your notes? I have it by, like, sequence. So maybe we can find the difference here. Let me scan through. I'll cut if you out. don't, it's fine. No, we can. Let's do our due diligence. We're here. Let's do it. I know there's seven in the opening sequence because uh, it, it it matched my number because uh, uh, Max von Sydow says if you executed seven people, it wasn't necessary. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's the number I had. Good. All right. Well, then I must have missed one because I had six for Dread there. And I had six non-Dread. And that's despite the news report. The news report says there's 19 total killed. Oh, yeah, but I, I didn't count off. Well, I mean, Neither we, we did could. I. All right. Wait, so you, had, you had how much total? So I had opening? six. Here's what I had for Dread. You ready? And I uh, total... I saw 12 total bodies, dread and non-dread. I have 17 in this opening sequence. Oh, <laughs> this movie is tough. All right. Um, so so we're, I, we're off by one. Let me give you the dreads. You ready? Uh, okay, yeah, I'm ready. All right, so I have the first three, the three newest block war participants. He, he just guns them down Correct. immediately. After shooting his way through a hole he makes in the floor like Elmer Fudd. <laughs> We never talked about that. No, but that is perfect. It is like Elmer Fudd. Um, yeah, so we've got three. I've, so I've matched three. there. All right. So I have, I'm going to go through the lawgiver. Armor piercing. That was one. Well, I've got, the guy tries to pick up the lawgiver. That just stuns him, right? Yeah, but that's not dread. Um, armor, okay, yeah, you're right. Ar, right. Armor piercing. Uh, yeah, I got that guy. He gets one. Double whammy. Double whammy. <laughs> two. So stupid. But yes, two. Uh, but here's here's where I have one of those two I don't think was finished off because I think Hershey has to finish that guy off. Double whammy knocks the guy down, but he gets back up. I thought it was I thought that was the guy who got stunned by the, the lawgiver. All right, well then that's the that might might be the difference. Yeah, that's the difference then. All right, because then, then I also James have, Remar. Yeah, sentenced, what's the sentence? Life, death. Yeah. All right, so there's the You'd difference. You think that there. guy would know the sentence to, of killing the judge? <laughs> All right, so then we got a bunch for Rico. Yeah. Uh, Rico, I'm sure, has more. I didn't actually count oh, Rico's. Yeah, yeah but. Rico definitely has more. The transport ship, nothing. Here we go. So now I got, during the uh, transport ship Angel family, I have seven total for Dread. I got to scroll through a lot of notes to get there. Hold on. Okay. I've got uh, guards coming in and shooting a guy from off screen. Okay, so I've got four. He mows down four, uh, like, Cops who show up. So yeah, the and then, the Imperial Guard. That's four of them. And I've got one. He, he electrocutes the guy. He gets one of the Angel families by gun. He gets one by broken neck and one by execution or electrocution. So he gets three of them, and then the four Imperial Guards. So that's does how he I got kill seven. them? I thought the guards come in and kill those guys. No, I thought. I thought uh, Dread only electrocutes the guy with the dial on his head. I thought the other the other part the members of the family were. Gunned down by guards, the the police are coming. I know for a fact one dread breaks one guy's neck. So uh, I'm, look, I'm looking at my notes. I feel like I, I took a note about a neck being broken, but electrocutes to death. Well, how many do you have in total for dread here? I think five. He kills. He shoots four 
police and then electrocutes the guy. So I'm missing the two other brothers, you're saying? That's what I think, but I, I, I know there's a broken neck. And I have... All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to amend... You've got 23 total. Yeah, but how many do you have? So I might... Well, I'm, if I had two or 22. All right. At, through this scene, I've got 14. So riding two, that's 16. All right, so then Pa Angel gets killed by the recon team. Judge Fargo gets another one for good measure, and then Judge Fargo doesn't make it. All right. The next uh, dread bodies I've got are... Uh, he has a confrontation with Rigo, and then some guards show up, and he shoots four guards. I have so just prior to the flying the the chase. Sequence. I have I had a question mark in three, and the reason I I, had, I saw three guards chasing him, and I couldn't really tell whether those guys got killed or not. He shoots them with a gun, right? I, I don't remember. He does, but the only reason I question it because I have a note here. The movie makes a point. One of them is rolling around, like, on the ground. I don't know if that's just because, like, the stuntman, something sure. happened. So I, I'll go with you. But I only saw three chasing him. You had four? I've got four. I don't remember the shot. All right. I'm going to go with your four. So then we've got the bike chase. How many do you have on the bike chase? This one, hopefully, we, we match up. He throws one guy off a bike. I uh, think the that's... billboard gets him. But, yeah, I said he's, yes. Well, I think if Dredd throws him, that's, that's yeah, no, Dredd. It does. Dredd it does. gets it. Whereas yeah. if a guy's chasing and, and like... It, just through his own bad driving crashes, then I don't think Dredd gets that. I don't think Stallone gets that. Right? Well, I, He throws a guy off the bike. I think that's the only one I've got in this sequence. Is he throws one guy off a bike, killing him. Okay, so then you didn't give the other two, which was there was a uh, liquor store explosion and then a billboard. So those two you said wasn't Dredd. Well, they, they they die chasing Dredd. That's fine. But I, I, I think I that's not a kill. That's, I took it as evasive action. Yeah, that they're I, following him, but that's fine. I don't think those. All right, go that's to fine. Someone. Well, then the other you know, and Fergie kills a guy by like dropping something. <laughs> Whoops! I dropped this and it went into his engine and killed him. It's like Jar Jar Binks. Oh, that is the ultimate <laughs> insult. Tripping around and dropping things and accidentally saving the day. Maybe Fergie was the basis for Jar Jar. Feels like it. All right, so then Rico's the last one. Because that's it, right. Because I'm at 19 here, and so I ended up at 20. So you want to add two? I'd be willing to add two. All right. I, 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 yeah, because I, I do think that I had those, those early ones correct. We're not, I'm not quite meeting you halfway. Meet me halfway. Do, do, do. I got to do that manually, too. We haven't used that in so long. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. I'm adding so what, two, are the, you, what are the official counts now for Schwarzenegger? And- actually, I'm meeting you halfway because I, we're rounding up. I had 20. You had 23. So 21.5. We can't have a half, so we rounded up. Give me a little Kenny Loggins. You want to do it again? Yes. I, I don't like the fact... I, I, I'm at your beck and call to push the button when we got the button. I got to sing it every time you demand it to. Meet me halfway. Doo, doo, doo. Also, we've been going a while and my throat is getting sore. Yeah, you're at my beck and call. All right, what are the numbers? What are the numbers? Um, okay, so now we're, we're saying that he had 22. Um, the total body count isn't going to move. I mean, we matched anyway, but all we did was change who, who gets credit, so that makes sense. That should stay the same. All right, so we're comparing Arnold Schwarzenegger's body count to Sylvester Stallone's. Arnold had an average body count of 14.39, total body count of 547. So now, after Judge Dredd, Sylvester Stallone has a total body count through 43 movies of 491. All right. Giving him an average of 11.42. He only needs 56 more to tie Arnold Schwarzenegger. That number is... 22 made a big dent in it. It did. I, I think now I'd say the odds are in Stallone's favor. I think we were skeptical a few episodes ago, but it it was it was higher in this movie than I remembered and thought. So I, I do think this is going to help it, particularly because we still have another Rambo. 
Yeah. Uh, and neither one of us can remember Cliffhanger, although I think Cliffhanger is going to probably be low for Stallone as Mike, especially if we're giving the, if they're just chasing him, because I'm going to guess almost everybody who falls off that cliff probably. Yeah, if, if a guy is chasing Stallone and he stumbles and falls... Stallone didn't kill the guy. I, I don't think that counts. All right. If he punches him and fall, and the punch d- d- propels him off a cliff, then okay. Stallone gets that. I think that's so. The way gravity. It. Gravity is the killer on the other one. Well, or balance. Uh, yeah, lack of balance. Lack of balance. It's not. It's it's only because if the guy had been more careful chasing, then uh, that's, he would have been that's fine. fair. That's fair. All right. So you ready to give a reward? You ready for the wrecking crew reward? Yeah, let's do it. Bum 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 bum. Out. <laughs> I had it. <laughs> I was gonna say I would sing it if you wanted to do the. <sighs> Do it again. I'll, bum, I'll do the bum, bum, bum. Outstanding achievement in bum, 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 bum. Uh, the field of bum, explosion. Bum. They caused an explosion. Uh, this is more fun than just hitting a button. All right, the Wrecking Crew Award. This is where we award uh, or give the award for the character who wrecked the most shop. To me, this one was easy. Uh, I agree. It was easy. Oh, it was Rico. Yeah, it was Rico. He completely chewed up the scenery, and he probably had more kills than Dread. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I mean, I, I think more specifically, I would give it to Armando Sante. <laughs> not the character no, you're not giving the character. it to the actor. I'm giving it to Armando Sante's performance, particularly. <laughs> you're yeah. enough. Yeah, and we we are in agreement. I don't think there's any other candidates for sure. All right, you ready All for right, the Rocky rating the then? <laughs> what, what the hell are you doing? You're punching car accident victims. No, 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 no you don't understand. Know. He was bad mouthing my films. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll like I'll create new ones with our voices. I'll just put the music under that. <laughs> All right, it's a new era. The Rocky rating. This is the beginning of the downslide of this podcast, it much re- like Rob Schneider's career. It really is. Uh, <laughs> this podcast is falling apart. All right, the Rocky rating. This is a segment of the show where we rank the movie based on Rocky opponents, from Spider Rico to Apollo Creed. Yeah, I was kind of on the fence between three rating. My rating like shifted three times watching this movie. Really? I think for a while I was I was edging towards the Ivan Drago territory until the movie I, got really bad. I, I could see that. It doesn't. If it had committed to what I think you think that it was kind of the Steven D'Souza was trying to get it, then right. yeah, it had a chance for an Ivan Drago, but it, it's not enough for those twenty minutes when Rob Schneider is out of the movie. It was kind of an Ivan Drago, but then it, he came back, and that was not good. <laughs> and he brought the freshness rating down. Yeah, he, he sure did. Um, yeah, so, and also, I, I'm right between a Tommy Gun and a... You've, you've talked me up. I'm actually closer to a Tommy Gun now okay. than I was when I started this. Um, yeah, I'm giving it a Tommy Gun, but I'm right on the edge. It's at the bottom end of the... Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the Spider Rico, but you did convince me that it's, it has more redeeming qualities than... When I was writing up my notes, watch a supercut of Armando Sante's performance on YouTube. That's what you'll have, get. Have you have you watched it? Does it exist? I'll, I'm sure it does. It should. At the very least, watch the scene where him and Stallone yell at each other, and he goes, "You betrayed the law." Law. That's the only part you need to see. I'm going to go back and rewatch that part. I'll bet if I go on YouTube and and search that scene, I'll bet like those five seconds. If you just are search out. out "I am the law," it probably exists out there. I would if if I if we had the ability to play sound on this episode that wasn't our voices, I would do it right now, but I can't. <laughs> All right, so that uh, that wraps up Judge Dredd. It was another another rough movie. It is it is your pick, so I'm hoping you're going to get us uh, get us on a good track. Well. Th- I'm saving cliffhanger, so All right. that's that, that's the one we just keep pushing it out. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. That's that's the whole point is to keep it, make it a cliffhanger. But um, <laughs> no, I uh, I'm trying to make it 
as good as you know, I want to pick me up, but it is the last season and uh, there's not much not left. Much left. But for a change of pace, I've decided we're going to watch Oscar. Oh, you're going to the comedy. To the comedy. I've seen Oscar. You have not, correct? I've never seen Oscar. Okay. Um, I think it's. I think it's. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I actually think it's going to be a pick me up. I mean, it's not. My great. sense is that it's yeah, it's not great, but it's at least kind of entertaining. Yeah. And I think yeah. it, my sense of it is that there are people who like it. Yeah, and as, as I recall, I think again, I didn't love it, but I I think I liked it. So it'll be interesting to be watching it and really dissecting it now. I want to see. It's time to see Stallone acting again. There's enough of uh, of this, you know, or voiceover, you know, him playing a... No, yeah, no. I mean, Bullet Man was yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. It is what it is. So, uh, all right. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't remember. I have, have I picked all the other comedies? Probably. What else is in there? Stop and I will shoot. Yeah, I picked that, and I think you were really mad at me. Uh, uh, I'll pull it up. Rhinestone, yeah. which did you? I picked that. You picked Rhinestone. All right. So I, then I, I picked that. Yeah, so then it's probably 50-50. What's the last one? Uh, oh man, we've covered it, and I don't remember. Avenging Angelo. I think I picked that one also. No, I did because it did was you? it was free. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. And you have me there too when you say, "Of course." Yeah, it's true because I found <laughs> why it did I free. Why did I think I picked that? Of course, I didn't pick it. No. <laughs> I only picked it because it was free. So we split them. I picked yeah. two. You picked two. I knew you. All right. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to Oscar. So uh, I am too. If you've uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please like us on your podcast app of choice. Uh, and let us know uh, what you've maybe thought about our thoughts on Judge Dredd by uh, tweeting us at Arms Race Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, and uh, if you have friends or family who think might like the show, word of mouth is very helpful for us. So let them know about the show. Let them know we exist, that we are the law. <laughs> we'll be back with Oscar. <laughs> Your Honor, the prosecution rests.